Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Pregnant pause. Big sales. You know what? Before we get into the debacle in Arlington, what a crazy weekend for the National Football League and a telling weekend. New faces, new stars. Two superstars that are, without a doubt, part of the future of this franchise known as the NFL. I mean, unbelievable what we saw with two quarterbacks who put their teams in a position to extend their seasons and move on to the second round of the NFL playoffs, the divisional rounds. Tonight, obviously, it's Eagles and Buccaneers at Raymond James. Some weather issues maybe at the beginning of the game, kind of tapering off as the game goes on. Shouldn't be a factor going into that thing. So we'll hit on that here in a second. But obviously, I first want to start out with the Cowboy debacle and disaster in Arlington. Um, Last week, Cowboy fans were getting on my ass because I said that that team would finish last in the NFC East in February. Because quite frankly, I don't believe in who they are. But I also said this, I go, hey, congratulations to you guys. You guys now have a full offseason to celebrate your NFC East title. These guys were getting all butthurt. Not one person after that nightmare game on Sunday showed up on my Twitter like they did all week. Over 300,000 people showed up to give me shit. Two people showed up. Typical Cowboy fan. Let me tell you what my take is on the Cowboys and where they are and why they do this each and every single week and every year, really. It's the most overhyped franchise in American sports history. Them and Notre Dame. They don't win titles. They sell the brand. Right now, the brand of the Cowboys is bigger than the production of the franchise. The Dallas Cowboys, the only thing they sell you is their history. It's like going to a museum. They don't sell you consistency. They don't can sell you winning. They don't sell you football. All their big stars were not on display. Micah Parsons, don't ever compare that guy 
to Lawrence Taylor ever again, you're going to embarrass yourself when you do that. Micah Parsons, Lawrence Taylor, who in the world ever thought that to be true? I never at any time in my life looked at Micah Parsons and went, that's the next Lawrence Taylor. I never saw where anyone who with any brains would go, that guy's Lawrence Taylor. He's his second coming. Dak Prescott? That's the worst I've ever seen Dak Prescott look in a big moment. In those empty calorie Kirk Cousins stats at the end, look, that game was not indicative of what the score ended up. That thing could have been 60 to nothing. That game, how about this? We know this. That game felt like the Packers beat them 60 to nothing, didn't it? I don't even know what the ending score was, and nor do I care. It felt like a 60 to nothing game. The Cowboys were never in it. Hey, by the way, that Deron Bland is a joke. He's not a very good corner. He's an overhyped, overrated corner who had, in the moment, six returns for touchdowns. Now, ask me if he can cover. He can't. He can't cover. To me, I think he's a special teams guy. Hey, he, Chills, he had a bunch of touchdowns. That's fantastic. Can he cover a wide receiver? The answer is no. He can't cover. I saw DK Metcalf destroy him. The Green Bay Packer wide receivers are young. Not really sure who they are. They owned them. That guy couldn't cover one of those guys. Couldn't cover one of them. Blade's a bum. Micah Parsons, you're going to, who in their right mind would pay Micah Parsons $30 million a year? Good luck to you, kid. I'm not paying that. Uh, you know what? C.D. Land's probably the only guy that I'm going to pay $25 million to. The rest of those guys, I don't know. And as for Dak Prescott, well, where are you going to go? Who are you replacing him with? Russell Wilson? Who are you replacing Mike McCarthy with? Does it matter? The next coach will be in the same situation. Personally, once again, the problem's the owner. They will never win a Super Bowl as long as Jerry Jones is still alive. One statement that he made in 1993 has never been fulfilled. He said anybody could coach the Dallas Cowboys. That's when he fired Jimmy Johnson. Well, it's not true. Not anybody can coach the Dallas Cowboys because you know why? Not anybody can work for you. What's been the one consummate the last 28 years? The owner. The owner's been the one consummate. I've never seen a general manager in my life hold a job that long who's not very good at being a general manager. If I'm Philadelphia Eagle fans, if I'm New York Giant fans, and if I'm Washington Commander fans, I feel pretty comfortable knowing that Jerry Jones is the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. 
they may win a lot of regular season games, but they'll never win a Super Bowl because they don't have the intestinal fortitude. That's not a very tough team. They're not mentally tough. They're weak. When you get killed like that, can I tell you this? What I watch the Green Bay Packers do to you, you're soft. You're a soft organization. You're soft mentally. You're soft spiritually. You're soft at the point of attack. Once the Packers figured out they could run the ball on you, and they knew they could, they ran it down your throat. And you couldn't stop it. That just shows you how pathetic that game plan the Eagles had against them in Arlington when they didn't run the ball down their throat. Well, we're going to get to what I think happens in tonight's game. I mean, that was embarrassing. That had to be the worst loss in the history of the Dallas Cowboys in the postseason. That had to be the worst loss in Jerry Jones' career, owning the Dallas Cowboys. Even in the 1-15 in 15 year, that's the worst loss he's ever had in his entire life, owning the Dallas Cowboys. Get this, Jerry Jones, after the game, said that they were so focused on next week and what the, our plans were going to be, I'm still getting over that. Well, there lies a problem, too. Where are you about taking care of business that's in front of you, guy? And if I were to send a message to the Eagles, don't worry about the Cowboys. You got enough of a chore tonight with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, okay? Because you have sucked out loud. You have a chance to rewrite history tonight. You see, once again, the Philadelphia Eagles have a chance at riding the ship, and it's in their hands. Don't worry about Dallas. Don't worry about San Francisco. Don't worry about Detroit. Worry about you. The last two months, you've had a problem worrying about you. Take care of your own business. Think about what's on the line. Think about your pride. Think about what 60 minutes of football could mean to your locker room and to the direction. There's a path to get to Las Vegas. You got a path now. What, one of the people that kills you is gone. Oh, worry about green. Worry about all that stuff later. Okay. Dallas Cowboys. Unbelievable. You laid an egg for the entire world to see. I don't know about you. If not now, when? 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 It's a franchise going nowhere. That's the kind of loss that stains the entire organization to where you have to make a move of some significance just to show your organization and your employees you care. 
Because if you run it back the same way, it's the same thing again next year. Nothing will change. And I would make this comment here for Dak Prescott. Hey, Dak, before you sign your name on the dotted line in Dallas, and before you give all these hammerhead media people all the leverage in the planet, ask yourself, will I ever win a Super Bowl in Dallas? Go to Pittsburgh. Go to Pittsburgh. Go to an organization that knows how to win. Go to Pittsburgh. Dak, go to Pittsburgh. I'm telling you. I'm begging you. Go to Pittsburgh. Take your swings there. You're never going to win a Super Bowl in Dallas, Texas with that franchise. You're not. You're wasting your career. Go to Pittsburgh. Take a pay cut. Go win a game. Go with a coach that will drive you and push you. You need Mike Tomlin. You need Mike Tomlin. You need Mike Tomlin. Dak Prescott needs Mike Tomlin. He could save his career because the current path you're on, you're Tony Romo. I don't know if it would work in Pittsburgh, but we know it's not working in Dallas. Why stay? For the money? Okay. Will they build a team around you with coaching? Doubtful. Will they put quality people around you? Very unlikely. Will you ever have leadership in the locker room? Very unlikely. It's time to get out of there. Dak, don't sign. Leave. Demand a trade. Get out of Dallas before they ruin your career. Dallas is not a place if you, hey, if you want to win all pro and pro bowl selections, you go to the Dallas Cowboys. If you want to win Super Bowls, you go to Pittsburgh. You don't go to Dallas to win Super Bowls. You go to enhance your brand, not to win. Kind of like playing with the Lakers. Dallas offers you nothing except expanding your brand, making your name bigger. Has nothing to do with winning Lombardi trophies. That's beyond. Jerry Jones' greatest time owning the franchise is 30 years ago. That's his greatest time. And he's never duplicated it. And he never will. That's what it is. Let's get to the game tonight. I would make another comment here to you about the Eagles and the Buccaneers. 
Don't worry about anything in the landscape around you if I'm Philly. Go take care of business. You have the opportunity of a lifetime in front of you to right the ship. Don't fuck it up. Wrote quite a few things down here for tonight's game. I would think that mentally that you have to have a a little bit of a juice and invigorated a little bit when you watch some of the action over the weekend when it came to NFL teams and what you saw what teams did and how they surprised teams and how anybody, it's kind of like hockey a little bit. No matter where you are, no matter who you are, you show up, you can win. Here we go. What happens tonight? The Eagles had complete control after 11 weeks of the NFL season being 10-1. and one. The Birds would go on to lose the number one seed and lose five of the last six and lose the NFC East in that time frame. The Buccaneers Mayfield, um, over the past two weeks, has not been 100% and that offense has not looked very good because of his inability to be able to put the football in the end zone, I think he's got health issues. He's really struggled the last couple weeks with his health and his performance heading into that game. What I would do, hit him. Hit him. Pressure him. Hit him. Pressure him. Hit him. Pressure him. Blitz him. Hit him. Pressure him. Make him wince. Put him down. And as Al Davis used to say, the quarterback's going down and he's going down hard. Pressure him. Now, the Eagles are dead last in the NFL over the last four weeks since Patricia has taken over as defensive coordinator. They're dead last in defense. And I was listening to Rob and, and Tone talking about how bad the Bucks are. You're dead last in defense. Since Patricia's taken over, you're dead last in defense. Dead last. That means bums beat you. You may be playing a bum, but you're a bum too on defense. You're a bum. They have given up a ton of yards and points since Patricia has been the defensive coordinator. Dead last. I think it's got a lot to do with confusion. Missed assignments. Communication problems. You can see it. I went back and watched three games since Patricia's been to D.C., there's communication issues. I've come away with a couple other takes that we haven't really hit on, on both offense and defense. Having watched three games, I went back and actually on the old kind of type projector and watched three football games. And I had someone else watch it with me. That's a football man. There's just missed assignments. Miscommunication. Eagles are going to be without A.J. Brown. It's a major concern. 
it's totally a major concern. Sales, when it comes to this game, I'm looking solely at the Eagles. The Eagles are awful on defense. I say every time, it doesn't matter who the Eagles play. If that defense can't get off the field on third down, they're going to lose to anyone. And I would say this, if they lose first and third down, they could be run off the field the same way that the Cowboys are run off the field. Do I think that's possible? I don't. But you don't win first and third down with that defense. You want to hear something else? I heard people talking about running the ball. The Philadelphia Eagle running backs are dead last in yards after contact. Dead last in the National Football League in yards after contact. Running game. What running game? I came away with this on offense. Their scheme is very average. Do you know what it looks like to me? It looks like a lot of one-on-one stuff with a very simple scheme and guys going one-on-one which means they really don't try to get people open. It's one-on-one stuff. Avante versus, Devante versus their number two DB, AJ versus their number one guy. And it just looks like one-on-one stuff. Like you're playing a game of football horse. It really doesn't look creative. Like when I watch Sean McVay, and I saw Sean McVay getting Pukunakua open, and I was watching how Stroud was getting got. I, I, I watched creative offenses. And I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, man, those guys really scheme it up well. That guy, Nico Collins, the way he gets open, they do such a great job at scheming up open pass plays. Whereas when you watch, The Eagles, it's one-on-one stuff. And if that guy doesn't beat them one-on-one, they're not open. Again, the Eagles are so average in scheme. It's just not very creative. And you're relying, you know how we always say they're relying on the players and the athletes that the Eagles have to win ball games? A.J. Brown, majority of the time, is going to win games. Why? Well, because he's the better athlete. And they're looking at their athletes going, well, our guy's going to beat you one-on-one. They're not really trying to get guys open. They're just saying, go get open. They're not really trying to get them open. It's just too vanilla. Just a lot of one-on-one stuff. I mean, I, I, I... I watched the Seattle game, and I was just watching guys. It was almost like they were drawing plays in the dirt to get guys open. Nothing creative, nothing schematic, no motion, no nothing. It was just, hey, let's go see if our guys are better than your guys. There's something to that. I'm all right with that. Occasionally, like on jump ball down in the red zone, we're good with that. But, dude. 
It'd be great if you had a passing scheme that you knew that you're helping your guy get open. No wonder your number three guy can't because he's not talented like the first two guys. Plus, the quarterback doesn't target the third guy. Very average. Eagles are the most blitzed team offensively in the NFL. And they're 26th in blitz in EPA. Efficiency. They're 26th versus the blitz. So what do you think Todd Bowles is going to do in this game? You better win first down. You better not be third and long. They're going to blitz the shit out of you. And I'm going to make a point to you about the Bucks defense. Had a great conversation with Bruce Arians last night. True. The Bucks numbers aren't really telling the story on who the Bucks are. The Bucks had massive injuries from week two all the way through the midseason. And they've gotten better and healthier as they got closer to the end of the year. So the football team you're seeing now, and they're healthy in the secondary. And people, I heard people saying, Buck secondary doesn't have very good numbers. Buck secondary is now healthy. They weren't healthy early on. And they were given a total, a ton of yards up and a ton of points. Not so much lately. Because they're getting healthier. I'd be careful about that. Trying to throw the ball against that Buccaneer defense. That's still one of the top 10 defenses in the league when it comes to playing with the talent they have on the field. When healthy. See, this is where numbers can lie to you. True. The Bucs are shitty with numbers when it comes to pass defense. They were injured all year. They're the healthiest they've been all year going into this game tonight. Keep that in mind. Antonio Winfield just made the all-pro team. Okay? They got pro bowlers everywhere on that defense. They got a hell of a linebacking core. And when healthy, it's a pretty good group. I And to me, they're better than the Giants and the Cardinals. Okay? No A.J. Brown? I got the Buccaneers winning this game tonight, 23-20. At Raymond James. I want to see Jalen Hurts win a game without A.J. Brown. Go show me. I want to see... I not only want to see Jalen Hurts win a game. I want to see what Brian Johnson does without A.J. Brown. Because when A.J. Brown wasn't in that game against the Giants, they were lost. And they looked lost. And that was the Giants in Wink Martindale. Show me. I'm not giving you the... You don't deserve the benefit of the doubt on the road without A.J. Brown. Why would I give you the benefit of the doubt? You don't deserve it. I've heard every show on radio, our network, giving the Eagles the benefit of the doubt. You don't deserve the benefit of the doubt. I am not going to erase a month and a half of horrible football. 
magically all of a sudden going to flip a switch, is it? They don't deserve, don't you get it? They don't deserve your benefit of the doubt. Make them go earn it. I'm not giving you that benefit. Rob has the Eagles losing as well. He isn't buying and not one. He, I, I, I'm just, it's great to hear Rob say that. I'm not buying it. Now get this. I'm not rooting against you. I don't believe it. Imagine that. Think about that. It's not waffling and it's not fence straddling. I just don't believe you. Why do you believe them? Give me one reason to believe them. One reason. Give me one reason. Okay, Mike. Then, Mike, I'll tell you what. Screw it then. Don't give me a reason. I know the reason. Okay. Seals, will you sing if we win? Jesus, criminy. How about this, dude? Go win a game. You've lost five of six. Are we really there? Playoff football? You've been in playoff football, JoJo, for three three weeks. How about this, JoJo? You had a two-game lead, and you blew it. Were you not in playoff mode then? Or are you like Dallas Goddard? We coasted. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure you out. Why in the world would you give anybody the benefit of the doubt when they have shit the bed so horribly like that team and you want to give them the benefit and just erase bad football and go, well, they'll show up in Tampa. Hey, don't feel good about yourselves that the Cowboys lost. Worry about yourselves. You got enough to worry about heading into tonight's game. You're the worst defense in the league since Patricia's been to D.C. You don't have latitude. You don't have any margin of error. Let me give you a little bit of something about your coaches, too. That even even more is to the point of what's frightening about tonight's game and how much is on the line tonight for Sirianni, for Jalen. Yeah, Jalen's reputation's on the line tonight. I'll explain. Jalen Hurts' reputation's on the line. Son, that's your team. If Dak Prescott gets kicked in the ass because he shit the bed, don't go into that game and you shit the bed because I'll kill you tomorrow. You better not lose that game either, Jalen. You lose that game, I'm going to annihilate you tomorrow. This is on you. This is why you make $50 million. If you win that game and you're a star, this is why we pay you the money. There's no gray area, Jalen. Sorry, kid. You get the Dak Prescott treatment. You're not wrong, Sills. Just a week ago, nobody believed 
this organization. They definitely do get my benefit of the doubt. Have at it. Okay? Gonna kill that guy tomorrow if he shits tonight. This is why you pay him to win and advance. To win and advance. You know, I wouldn't consider Javon Hardgrave the defensive tackle for the 49ers. One of those, um, like, um, I would say, like, um, fast talkers or hot take kind of guys or guy that's going to go out there and, you know, be kind of like a, a, one of those like sports radio trash talkers like me. I, I don't I don't think he just throws things out like Stephen A or whatever. And he was talking to George Kittle. I think he was either George Kittle on George Kittle's podcast. You know what he said about Kyle Shanahan? Not really realizing that he was going to take a complete shit on Nick Sirianni. You know, they were talking about why they want to establish the run game. And one of the first meetings he shows up, listen, I want you to listen intently here on this. And this shows you a little bit on how inexperienced your coach is compared to some of the coaches in the league. And I do not believe that Javon Hardgrave meant to throw shade on Sirianni, but he did in the end. Listen to what he said. He goes, one of my, very, and I'm paraphrasing, one of the very first meetings I had they were explaining why they want to establish the run game and why it's important in play-action pass and why we have to win consistently on first down because first down is just as important as winning on third down because if you win that down, you're the majority of the time going to be able to use the majority of your playbook if you're third and short. He goes, it's important. He went on for about 25 minutes why it was important just to win first down. Hardgrave said this, I learned more in a 20-minute conversation by Kyle Shanahan than in the two years of any meeting I was in with Nick Sirianni. That's all the indictment you need. He learned more in a 20-minute conversation with Shanahan explaining to his team why it was important to establish the run game and win first down. And in a 20-minute conversation, Hardgrave told Kittle, I posted it on my Twitter page at Dan Cilio show just for context. He basically came out and said, I learned more and why it's important to win first down and establish a run game from Kyle Shanahan in a 20 minute conversation than anything I ever learned from Nick Sirianni in two years in Philly. There lies your problem. What are they teaching you? Last comment I meant they don't get my okay. But if Jalen wins, do they still get rid of these coaches? That's my concern. I would hope so. You can upgrade your coaches and win. Happens all the time. I don't have a problem with that. Okay. Imagine that. 
You got a guy in Javon Hardgrave sitting there with the number one team in the NFC saying that Nick Sirianni didn't teach him shit in two years. And you wonder why your offense looks the way it does. You wonder why your team looks the way it does. You wonder why the decision-making is made the way it is. That's all you need to know. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't call Hardgrave some shit-talking defensive tackle that barks a lot. I, I don't even think he meant what he was saying about Sirianni. I think he was just giving Kyle Shanahan a lot of love. But in the process, he's letting everyone know where he came from. Place that doesn't take the little things serious. They don't work hard enough. And all it's about is really the people upstairs. Do you know what that Cowboy game looked like to me? That Cowboy game looked like all the expectations were in the owner's box. And the players let the owner down, not the coach. You think those Dallas Cowboy players play for Mike McCarthy? They play for themselves. I think those coaches that were in that building with the Packers and Matt LaFleur, tell you what, man, Matt LaFleur won 13 games three years in a row. That's the best coaching job he's done. And that kid, Jordan Love, he can play. I don't know what they do in Green Bay, but they may have another guy for another decade. You may have 45 years of quarterbacking with three dudes. It's an unheard of. Unheard of. Unheard of. That guy was making plays. I cannot believe. I mean, Jordan Love looked better than Jalen Hurts. He was unbelievable. He destroyed that Cowboy defense. I mean, I would I, I tell you what, I don't know who I was more impressed with. CJ Stroud, probably him because he's a rookie. But Stroud and Jordan Love, man, if that's what the NFL is going to look like in the next five to ten years, holy cow. Those guys, maybe Anthony Richardson, Mahomes still, good. Lamar Jackson, good night. Josh Allen. That is unbelievable. What an enormously gifted play-calling head coach. They wobbled, and would they lose five of seven out of the gate? Weren't they like something like that? Five of seven, they, then they just wailed it through the end. Wasn't it something they lost? Like maybe it was two of five or something like that. To open the season, wobbling around, trying to get the footing. All of a sudden, that thing just took off. That guy's been insane. I could not believe what I was watching. Jordan Love ripped that Cowboy team a new one. That Deron Bland, he targeted him. Jonathan Harvey, stop, Dan. Jordan looked better than Hurts. Jordan had a bad game against the Niners, and then... Dude, he's had a better year than Hurts. He's thrown for 33 touchdowns. Hurts has had a bad year compared to the other quarterbacks in the league. Two for five in the first seven. 
And then they ripped it a new one. By the way, do I think Jalen Hurts is going to get as talented of a play caller next year as Matt LaFleur? Absolutely not. You got to understand something. Jordan Love is going to continue to grow at a fast pace because of who his coach is. Jalen Hurts is not if Nick Sirianni is the head football coach. If Nick Sirianni remains the head football coach, Jalen Hurts will not grow as a quarterback, and he'll be Carson Wentz 2.0. After watching play callers in Houston and play callers in Green Bay with such young, talented kids, if they don't improve the play calling around Jalen Hurts and the coaching around Jalen Hurts, he will never, ever get to where he was a year ago. That's a fact. He will regress at the same pace that Carson Wentz regressed. You've got to have the coaching around you. I mean, Matt LaFleur, dude, I didn't think that Matthew Stafford played bad. Look at look at the play calling of Sean McVay and getting guys open and developing people like Puka Nakua. Look at him. Where did he come from? BYU? Okay. There are so many. Get this. I would make this point to you. Jalen Hurts has the worst play calling offensive coordinator of any team left in the playoffs right now. It ain't Todd Munkin. It's not Kyle Shanahan. I pray to God somebody hires Brian Johnson. Have at it. I think he's being interviewed because he fits the Rooney rule. Other than that, whatever. There, I said it. Because if that guy's being hired for talent and developing, you're not watching the game. Anybody with their right mind would know that. You will win tonight? I sure hope it. Okay? He doesn't deserve to be a head coach. <laughs> yeah, the only reason he's being interviewed is he fills the Rooney rule. How come I'm the only guy that says that? Is that over the line? Or are you just too uncomfortable to hear that? Is that what it is? You're too uncomfortable to hear the truth? Is that, It's got to be what that is. By the way, Brian Johnson may be a great – here, I gave you this. Believe me, I'm not qualifying my comments here because at the end of the day, I don't need to. But I did the same thing, and I was the flagship station of Raheem Morris. I said, you're not qualified. But I said it to his face. You're not qualified to be the head coach of the Buccaneers. We became friends after that because you know why? Raheem's a man. Raheem's a man, and now he's ready. I think Raheem Morris should be a head of NFL head football coach. I think he's ready. And you know who I think hires him? Can I tell you who I think hires him? The Falcons. 
You know why? Because Rich McKay hired him in Tampa. Keep an eye on that. It was McKay who gave him the opportunity. Rich was the GM of the Bucks. Raheem was given the keys after Gruden. It's too soon. Actually, it may have been Dominic that hired him. But he was in the building still when he was there. Raheem was there with Dungey and them guys. Okay? Hertz is not Dak. He is not Dak. There's one thing that I have not seen Jalen Hurts do. He's folding moments. Okay? I was disappointed this past Sunday against the Giants. But I have not seen that guy look like Dak did yesterday. Dak Prescott, in my opinion, yesterday was terrible. At every angle in that game, he was terrible. I have yet to see Jalen Hurts go into a game like that where he just sucks out loud like that. I do not believe, and I have, wait, I have not seen that yet. I have not seen a game like that where he stunk for 60 minutes of ball and was the reason. Like, I would make this point to you. Have I seen Jalen Hurts play a game where he was the reason they lost? Not really. I've watched numerous games in nine years with Dak, and Dak has lost that Cowboy team a ton of games. Jalen, I can't say that about him, so I will not say that. That's that's not where I'm going there. Okay? Let's go to this topic now. How will the loss of A.J. Brown affect Hurts and Brian Johnson? Who will it affect more? This is a tough question. Because they're both interlinked in this game tonight. I think you're not looking at this as more of a loss than you think. Okay? This is a big loss. Not have it be like, well, it didn't really matter because Lamb and Dak, for whatever reason, yesterday, I don't know what that whole thing was. I think the pressure got to both of them. I don't know what happened, but it just was never on the same page. Who does this thing affect the more? Get this people think they're going to run the. Do you know? I said this going into tonight's game, the Eagles are last. <laughs> What's that stat? The running backs are dead last in yards after contact on the Eagles this year. You're dead last. You make it sound like you've got some running attack. You don't. Run the ball? With who? We got a thousand yard. Yeah, he piled them yards up early. As of late, you've been stuffed. Hey, quite frankly, your old line has not played well the last two months. 
You're being blitzed more. Get this. Here's the two things the O-line is struggling at. Picking blitzes up and running the ball. Gee, that's not very good. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of hearing that shit about Tracy Rocker. So, Tracy Rocker, why can't you get your D-tackles to play? Do I don't need a pep talk from my D-line coach to go out and play in a playoff game that I make $5 million. My God, guys, stop with that. Go play. You make $5 million. This is professional football. Coaching, sure, I get it. Positions, play calling, situate. Yes, all that matters. But don't talk to me about motivating me. Why can't they get somebody to play? If you're not ready to play and you, that last night with the Dallas Cowboys was a coaching thing, but also it was player accountability. Where was your balls and your pride at home getting steamrolled in front of the nation? You had no intestinal fortitude. You had no guts. You were completely gutless in that game. That was a gutless performance. It was almost as gutless of a performance as the Eagles versus the Giants. Those are gutless performances. I don't mind you losing, guys. But when you show no guts, you have no pride. If the Buccaneers beat the Eagles tonight, 21-20, in a drag-out smash game, and the defense does the best it possibly can, hard to kill something like that. You get beat by 50 points almost. That's a problem. And you're seven and a half point favorites. At home, we haven't lost in 16 games. That's a problem. Who do I think it affects most? Not having AJ. Who's Brian Johnson going to spread the ball to? when you don't have a spread quarterback who reads defenses, who's the focal point in this game? The Bucs have linebackers that can cover Goddard. Unlike you. And this is what I think the the Buccaneers are going to do. The Bucs are going to try to go on long, sustained drives. And people are going like this. Well, the Bucs don't run the ball well. Well, you don't defend the run well. There's nothing you do well on defense. You're the worst defense in pro football. Do you understand what I'm – what kills me is I hear people go, the Bucs can't run the ball. Well, here, let me put this out there to you. Since Sean Desai, do, let me know if I need to speak a little bit slower. Since Sean Desai has been the coordinator, you're the worst defense in pro football versus the pass and run. What else does there need to be said? Is there anything else you need to know? Well, the Bucs aren't. Stop it. Stop it. You're not better than them. You are the worst. You need to worry about you. Well, they're not. I don't care about the Bucs. 
You need to do everything in your power to stop the run. I'd be in a five front. I'd do everything I could to stop the run and let Baker Mayfield beat me. Don't let the Bucs get a, a run game going that they don't have. That's the worst thing that can happen to you is that the Bucs find a run game like every other team the last three weeks has. Okay? Don't let them get their weakness going. Make Baker Mayfield beat you. I don't think he can. I think he's too banged up the last three weeks. Make him beat you. And if he does, watch this. Well, the Buccaneers' run game came to life and beat the Eagles. That's, un that's unacceptable. Mike Evans beat you. Well, shit, he's in Canton soon. Okay. I can die on that vine. Don't make me die on the vine that they're the worst, one of the worst run teams. Well, the Bucs ran the ball for 180. How? How? How's that possible? Don't let, like, the Bucs get the shitty part of their offense going to keep Mayfield healthy. Make him have to throw the ball. They got 2,000-yard receivers. You're missing my point. I don't believe he's healthy enough to get the ball down the field. It's the only way you're going to win. You got to stop the run. You can't let them get that run game going. Because if they get the run game going, it's over. You stop the run game, you at least one you make them a one-dimensional team. They got 2,000-yard receivers. I know this. I know this. But there's a better chance of you going three and out than there is of you going three and out if you allow them to start a run game. The Giants got a run game going. The Cardinals got a run game going. Seattle had somewhat of a run game going. Don't let these teams, once they get a run game going on you, you guys cannot defend. And you may not have Reed Blankenship in the game. I don't know what that status is on that one. Henry's going Lions versus Eagles. You better take care of business tonight, Henry. You're going to get your hands full tonight, kid. And by the way, another note here. If I see Jordan Davis playing like a fat ass, I'm pulling him and benching him. I'm putting Milton in there. It's time, kid. You need to show up tonight. It's a big football game. 65 degrees. Don't give me any shit about anything. You need to go out there and play your ass off. You can't be a fat turd tonight. You've got to play like a star tonight, not a fat turd. Do not let the Bucs get a run game going. Davis has to show up. Hey, Hassan Reddick, you got to hit the quarterback today. I need you. You want a contract extension? Tonight's contract extension night. Hassan, tonight's contract extension night. Nolan Smith is a non-factor. I don't give a shit about that kid. He's not going to help you. 
I need you to hit the quarterback tonight. This is what I'd be saying to my guys. This is contract extension night. You go out there and you get two sacks, kid, you'll be a hero in that building. Hey, Josh Sweat, I know you played 7,000 plays. So what? Let's go. I need 65 plays out of you tonight. Don't worry about the next game against the Lions. Don't worry about any of that. Give me 65 plays. We'll concern ourselves next week if we're lucky enough to get there. I need 65 plays tonight. And I need 65 plays tonight like your hair's on fire. Jalen Carter, rookie wall, hey, I need you. Fletcher, I don't really have to say anything to you, man. Have a great game. Seriously, this is how I would talk to all my guys. Brandon, hey, give me what you got, dog. I know you're going to be there. I'm going to need you. Zach Cunningham, Nicholas Morrow, hey, guys, listen. Be careful with the guys coming out of the backfield. They got a running back who caught 65 passes this year. They're going to try to get him in the open, and they're going to try to spread people out right away because that's what the Bucs like to do. So keep an eye on that kid leaking out into coverage. Watch for the tight ends on block and release. So let's play the run. If you got to cheat, cheat up a little bit, get in there. Cornerbacks, Darius Slay. Darius, you ready? I need you. This is your last hurrah here, son. You're playing for 31 other teams right now. And hopefully you're playing for us next year. Okay? We got some stuff to talk about in the offseason. This is where it starts for you. I look at Brad Brago. You want to save your season? Go get me two picks. You want to turn your entire season around? Get a pick six. Get a pick. I'll forgive everything that happened this year. Go do it. You want a motivated guy? Talk to him honestly. Isn't it funny? You know how you motivate people? Tell them the truth. Hey, James, you want to erase the entire year? Go have the game of your life. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I talk to people. But I'm not sure those coaches talk like that to them. You know why? You've got to have a confident coaching staff that talks to people like that. You have to have people in the building and on the coaching staff that have heart-to-heart and conversations with guys that keeps them on an edge and keeps them with a sense of urgency at all times. I was spoken to my entire life like that. Was never, I wish to God I played in Philly under this regime. You didn't have to worry about your job. You never had to worry about your job here. You don't have to worry about your job in Philly. I've never seen anything like that. Every place I've ever been, you worried about your job. No matter who you were. Jimmy Johnson used to make Troy Aikman feel that way. Used to make him worry about his job. I think the Bucs are going to be ready to rock tonight. I think the Bucs know, watching the Eagles on film the last two months, they can beat them. 
and they can beat them. Here's what I would do if I'm Tampa going into this game. I'll tell you flat out what I would do. Going into this game, to me, got to get some type of run game going. Got to win first down. They can't stop the run real well. But what they're going to do is you got to kind of overcome their first couple series because they're going to play fast. They'll wear down. Keep pounding, punt. Keep pounding, punt. They'll wear out. They'll wear out. Their energy level will wear out because you got to remember who they are. They got trash can linebackers. They're going to wear out. And their communication, if you watch it on film, their communication is a massive problem. They're having communication issues going down the line of scrimmage when it comes to linebackers and coverage. You see it. I would do a lot of motion on them. Do a lot of motion on the Eagle, Eagle defense because their communications, because of the new coordinator, has been an issue. Isolate them backers, man. Isolate them running backs on them backers. They can't cover. And me, I do those quick hitches. You know how the Washington commanders threw those quick passes out to uh, Terry McLaurin and them guys, Dotson? Boy, I would throw those same kind of passes on the on, on, on the Eagles because they're going to play off the ball. They're going to give you the throws. And Baker Mayfield is going to get those throws. Because they're not, unless Patricia, if Patricia comes up and presses, Mike Evans is going to run by him. Evans and Godwin are really good ball players. 42-19. What game have you had that game this year? You just were killed by the Eagle, by the Giants and Cardinals. What a dumbass. Your football team has been crushed. You're the worst defense in the league. 42-19. How funny. You're not that good, 42 points. You are not that good. You're not that good. You're not. What did I say? I got bucks 23-20 tonight. I don't know where you win. Where do you have the advantage? Mm. Where do you have the advantage? On defense? Your defense is not better than theirs. The run game? Probably. The quarterback? I don't know. He had a better year than you. Have you ever been in a locker room where the team didn't believe in the coach before the game, for a big game? Totally. Absolutely. David says O-line. Really? You think being dominated by the Arizona Cardinals and the New York Giants in Seattle, you've been dominating the last month with your O-line? You guys are going by reputation, not by facts. Now you sound like the Cowboys. The Cowboys went into that Packer game with reputation. And when the reputation was put on the field, they got killed. You're giving, some of you are giving the Eagles 
the benefit because of a reputation, not because of what they've done the last two months. Eagles had the best O-line. That's reputation right now. Well, they got three pro bowlers. They haven't played like it. It's reputation. Facts. You're going into this football game solely on the fact that your reputation on being a good old line and you're coming to the grips knowing that and the facts bear that out. Since Patricia's been the coordinator, you're the worst defense in the league. You've got faith in Julio Jones tonight. Hey, Sills, you sound very confident on these takes. Sounds like a conversation you should have with Tracy Rocker. How do you know I haven't talked to him? I've already told Tracy what I felt about his guys. It's not on Tracy Rocker. It's on those guys that show up and stop being fat and play and produce. Go, go win a game. Go win a game. Go play. Stop laying on the ground. Have yourself a better commitment. You're a professional football player, son. Act like it. You're not on scholarship at Georgia anymore. This is, do you need to have conversations with kids? And, and these guys need to grow up. And I'm going to give Jalen Carter a pass, but I'm not going to give fat ass Jordan, uh, Jordan Davis that. Son, it's time to grow up and be a man. You not only need to lose your baby fat, but you need to lose your baby mentality. You're not going to be babied any longer. Let's go play some ball, kid. You're a millionaire now. 13th pick overall. Act like it. Right now, you're acting like a fat turd. They need you tonight. You better show up, kid, or you're another one that's going to get his ass handed to him tomorrow. I'm sick of this shit. You talk to these guys like they're... If the Eagles commit to the run, quick pass slants, we got a shot. Look, here, here's, here's what you got to do, Anthony. Just dust off that playbook or play calling sheet from a year ago. And let Jalen Hurts go be Jalen Hurts and let him run the RPOs. I don't think the Bucs can stop them. But will they do that? The game plan, if you run the 2023 game plan at the Bucs, you'll lose. If you run the 2022 Eagle game plan, you'll win. What do you think they're going to do without A.J. Brown? You understand you're going into this game with the 2021 personnel and play caller. You understand that, right? You're going into this game with Sirianni as your guy and your 2021 offense. You understand this, right? Same group. Swift's different. Same group, though.
Hertz is a different player. He sure is. Massive turnovers this year. Absolutely. Couldn't have sent it any better, Yale. Couldn't have sent it any better. Congratulations, Lawrence. All the way in California, winning our gift certificates from our friends at Hooters and Howard in Pennsylvania. Very good. We really appreciate you guys playing along here each and every single Monday. We name the winners of our Hooters gift certificates given to us by our great friends at northeasthooters.com. You can go there and find out where the locations are nearest you. Also, um, don't forget, you can start the 2024 season off with our calendar. They've got nine of the girls in the Northeast section um, featured in it. There's $100 in coupons that are inside. You can also go to Hooters2Go.com for tonight's both games, Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Looks like the weather is absolutely over the top there in Orchard Park there too, so incredible. Don't forget also, in-game, watching both the games, the Buffalo game and also the Eagle game tonight, $2 off in-game during the games, each pitcher, and a dollar goes to local proceeds on a charity for each pitcher that's bought by you there at one of the locations, northeasttutors.com. That's northeasttutors.com. We'd love to say this also, a military Monday, 20% off all day, and our great men and women who serve in our great um, country's military. We really appreciate it. Also, want to make sure we send out an absolutely happy birthday to MLK, um, one of the absolute great days of the year. And hopefully everybody understands the significance of it. So we throw that out there to you. Don't forget our friend Tone will join us at 3.30. Gary Cobb, part of the Fox 29 pregame and postgame show for the Philadelphia Eagles, will join us at 4.30, northeasttutors.com. That's northeasttutors.com. When you roll in, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable.
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Until just right now, that Michael Irvin had never followed me on my Twitter, and he's been watching the show. Mike, you're invited to jump on if you want at any time. He just started following me on Twitter, and he's pretty aggravated too. You know, one thing that I'll say about the Cowboys one more time here. Here's the difference between the Cowboys of Michael Irvin and the Cowboys of Troy Aikman, and the Cowboys the last 28 years. They don't win big games. They just don't win big games. I mean, they don't win big games. The Eagles, you beat the Eagles, and they were in a nuclear meltdown. You're still not better than Philly. How do you get murdered like that? Get this. Here's here's the thing. How do you not show up for your own wedding or your own graduation or your own party that you're throwing? The expectations you set for yourself. How do you not show up I mean, again, people get beat all the time. It's pro football. You know, I, I, I tell my daughter, my daughter plays, as you guys know, she plays D1 rugby. And she goes, damn, dad, UCLA's good. I'm like, well, they're on scholarship too, kid. They're good too. She goes, hey, what, you think I won every play? That's not the case. They're on scholarship too. I go, D, people at Oklahoma, Florida State, Florida, those guys are on scholarship too. You know, the key is just having more significant winning plays than them. She's like, yeah, I go, hey, you come out of the game where you outplayed somebody that's on scholarship, that's a great victory. That's right, maniac. They showed up to be buried. It's like they showed up to their own wake. You're like, damn, dude. Wow. You see Jerry Jones? He's probably, he's going like this. You know, I, I heard Mike talking earlier saying that 
They got their coaches, got their pants coached off them. They did. Jordan, those guys were so wide open that Dan Quinn is up for a head coaching job. Good luck. You can have them. I could not believe. Hey, not only was Mike McCarthy bad looking in that game, Dan Quinn was too. Couldn't stop the run, and Jordan Love ate him up. They killed them, man. Like, that was a non-competitive ball game. What was the score of this thing? What was the score? 48-32? to 32? D- Dude, that thing looked like 60 to – that thing felt like 60 to nothing. It was like 60 to nothing. 48 points you gave up. Like, man, they were down 48-16 in the fourth. Can you imagine the Green Bay Packers went into Dallas and put up 48 points on you with a quarterback who's like in his second year start? Or no, first year starting, right? Is this his first year starting? I know he's been in the building. But this is like his first year starting, right? Right? Threw for over 30 touchdowns this year, right? So that guy, in his first year starting, hung a 48-burger on you in your own building? In his first year starting? Holy shit, is that embarrassing. Dude, the kid Stroud in Houston? Honest to God, I think you could flip a coin and go, Sills, who do you think was really the star this weekend? I don't know. Probably Stroud because he's the rookie. Man, do you got a lot of things? You got a lot of things to have to go over. Hey, I'll tell you this. The problem that you have in Dallas is the same kind of problem that you have in Philly. It's a culture issue. You got too many people in the building who think they know what's right for the team when at the end of the day, they don't. And they're still trying to jam their process in and it's not been productive. Jerry Jones has had 28 years of his way of doing business. And you would think for a guy who's as successful as he is in business, is it really just about growing the brand? This is more about the brand. Do you get, I opened the program with this. Jerry Jones has done such a job at growing the brand and the logo of the team that it is overshadowed the production of the players and the team itself. So what you're getting is you're getting a lemon. He sells you a lemon. This guy's the greatest snake oil salesman in the history of the NFL. At least Al Davis sold you winning. Jerry Jones took Jimmy Johnson's success and said, three Super Bowls? That's great. That's all I really need for my legacy. His number one objective has been to grow the brand, not to grow winning or his showcase. His trophy case is not relevant anymore. It's got mothballs in it. It's dust. And that's why when you look at Micah Parsons, you go, that guy's not who he is. 
I never bought into that. You're like, that guy's not that good. I never thought, hey, I think he's a good ball player, and I, I do. He's a good ball player. Okay? He's a good ball player. But at the end of the day, he's not physical. You can run at him. He's not very good against the run. And when they challenge him, he disappears. I mean, here, do this. Do, do, think, think, you know, I, I've brought this up before. You think that guy's better than Ricky Jackson? Or do you think that guy's better than Pat Swilling? Some of you guys don't know who I'm talking about. I'm trying to think. Like, do you think that guy's better than Chris Dolman? Let me let me think of some of the great pass rushers. Like, he's no Derek Thomas. Hey, you think he's better than Joey Porter Sr.? Maybe better than him? All-time pass rushers, NFL. I'm not even going to go with the top guys like Deacon. How about this? There's a guy that's going in for consideration. You think he's better than Julius Peppers? I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to think of the outside linebacker guys. No way. No way. Like, do you think he's better than J.J. Watt? Jason Taylor? Think he's better than Haley? Man, is he better than Jared Allen? I don't know, man. I don't get it. Green Bay got another one. Don't want to get ahead of myself, but Jordan Love, dude, it's incredible. And absolutely is incredible. Yet, hey, Terrell Suggs. Terrell Suggs is better than this guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Terrell Suggs, I'll go there with you. He's a better pass rusher. Demarcus Ware's a better pass rusher. Bruce Smith is one of the greats of all time. Bruce and Reggie and them, but Reggie's the greatest. Reggie's the greatest interior. Reggie's the greatest down lineman to ever play defense. LT's the greatest defensive football player that's ever lived. Not, there's not a debate in it. You know what? Micah Parsons accentuates the fact that LT's the greatest. He just accentuates it. If you think that guy is that good, then you have a problem. He's not better than Derek Thomas. Derek Thomas single-handedly would take games apart. There's not a person on the planet who would go, Michael Parsons is better than Derek Thomas. Absolutely not. Ricky Jackson wasn't insane. Shit, there was a guy. Do you guys, re hey, Yale, you guys remember a guy by the name of Mike Coffey who played up in Detroit? 
That guy could rush the passer. He was a hell of a pass rusher. Shit, Carl Banks. Like, is Micah Parsons better than Carl Banks? How about this? How many people think Micah Parsons is better than Wilbur Marshall? And pick Wilbur Marshall. Chicago Wilbur Marshall or Washington Wilbur Marshall? I mean, right? Dude, that's a great one, Yale. Is Micah Parsons better than Seth? That's a great tweet. I'm going to tweet that. I'm sorry, dude. Michael Parsons, you can make that comparison about all you want about Lawrence Taylor. He's not better than Seth Joyner. He is not better than Seth Joyner. Seth was a better pass rusher, played the pass better, and played the run better. Seth Joyner is a better... Hey, James? James. Seth Joyner. I don't care what cowboy people say or what anyone says. Seth Joyner, if you were to ask me if I was going to draft a football player to play on my defense and to be an impact player, would I take Micah Parsons or Seth Joyner? I'll take Seth Joyner all night long. He's better on the run. He's better in pass coverage. And he can rush the passer. I'll take Seth Joyner over Micah Parsons any night, any day. And I have no problem saying that. I have no problem saying that. Zeke and Cooper have helped them. Your boy Irvin said he was LT like, just like Irvin said, Diggs was Dion. Okay, well, uh, he's not. Okay, he's not Marshall. Seth is a better football player, but because he played... Hey, sometimes when you play on a line with Jerome Brown and you play on a line with Jerome Brown and Clyde Simmons and Reggie White, you get lost in that. You know, when, when people look at that Bear defense, you know who they look at first? They look at Hampton and Dent. And then they look at Singletary. But Hampton and Dent were a product of what Mike was doing. Mike had to put the whole thing together. Seth was putting the whole gang green together. You know, Jerome used to turn around and go, I'm cheating. And Seth would cover for him. You know how many times Seth Joyner covered for Jerome when Jerome would hit a gap? And he would be two-gapping. I'm totally going to tweet that out after the program. Seth Joyner is a better football player, in my opinion, than Micah Parsons. I have no issue saying that. No issues. He does, get this, he may be a, just a, a, a tad better pass rusher, but Seth does all the other intangibles better. He's not better than Seth Joyner. Seth Joyner's probably, is he your greatest linebacker? Have you had a better linebacker since Seth Joyner in the mid-80s?
I don't think so. I don't, I don't, I don't think the Eagles have had a better inside linebacker since 85 than Seth Joyner. Okay. Bergie was a great football player. Totally was. Cincinnati first and then came over with Philly with Vermeil. In the last 40 years, I would make this point to you. Since 1960, the three best linebackers you've ever had are Bednarik, Joyner, and, uh, and Berge. That's quite a threesome. <laughs> Talk about eating your kneecaps. Well, you know, I, I got to tell you, before we bring our guy here, uh, Tone on, man, this guy was smiling ear to ear, feeling good about himself. It's game day. You know, I was like, what's going on? He goes, ah, you know, it's a good old Monday here today. I'm feeling pretty good about myself here. Yeah, things good. And I'm like, what are you feeling? What? Oh, <laughs> uh, let's bring our guy in. And talk How about them boys? Here, here, all smiles and all, man. How about them boys, man? Listen, it, it, it's it's so funny because um, my my energy, my smile is so independent of the Philadelphia Eagles. I said this last night. Look, I don't care what happens to the Eagles. What like the, the, the expect the expectations have already kind of dropped a little bit. So, um, yeah, of course I'm Super Bowl or bust, but. And I got them. We're going to talk about it, but this is going to be a rough game tonight. But the Cowboys losing, it's the perfect way to set off any kind of day. You know what I mean? It's MLK day. You know what I'm saying? I'm feeling feeling good, man. I'm feeling optimistic. You know, I did have a dream. I had a dream <laughs> that the Cowboys <laughs> were wet the bed. And lo and behold, <laughs> to God be the glory. I had a dream that one day Green Bay Packer quarterbacks would go into Dallas, uh -huh. and they would be able to play amongst Giants, and he did. God dang it's it. It's like clockwork, baby. That Jordan Love, dude. Hey, hey, mm. hey, Tone, who are you more impressed with, C.J. Stroud or Jordan Love? Love, easily. Love, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, in my opinion, he went up against the bigger brand, the bigger monster, in my, in my humble opinion. Um, the Dallas Cowboys, they've been uh, – they, they've had the highest – maybe some of the highest expectations – throughout this entire season, the way they've been propped up, the way they've just been talked about, and everything that goes into a Cowboys game. Jordan Love to beat a team that hasn't last, that, has, that hasn't lost a home game in two seasons. Let's, let us really think about that. He beat a team that was hot. They, they hadn't lost a home game in two seasons. He beat them on the road, right? A team that, he, and, and they were the seventh seed. The seventh seed knocking out a two seed. It's so much that goes into that win, man. Um, I think I think Jordan Love was just more impressive. It was just a, it's a, the game itself was bigger. It's just he he slayed the bigger dragon. Let's be honest, he slayed. How he slayed wide open the were those wideouts? Two, they, they were wide open to the point where he was thrown off his. He was, they were so wide open, he was thrown off his back foot with his eyes closed most of that game. That's how wide open they were. You know how many throws, and you know you know what that game was won and lost in two categories, the run game. And the play action. The Cowboys had no answer for their play action because they couldn't stop the run. Aaron Jones was magnificent last night. Oh. Um, it's, it's, it's just, I gotta give he the love the to Jordan. I gotta give it to Jordan Love, man. He um he 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 quite literally slayed the biggest dragon in the weekend. 
I, I got to give it to Matt LaFleur. That's his best coaching job since he's been up there, man. Right. I mean, and, he, and, he, and he hasn't really been – you've been no, iffy on him. You've been no, iffy on him, No, because like you said, at the beginning of the season, I'm like, well, we're going to find out that the Green Bay Packers – and I, I remember even saying this. Welcome to the land of not being relevant. Holy mm-hmm. shit. And just shows you what patience that a coach keep grinding, keep grinding, keep grinding, keep grinding. Hey, kid, we have a process. And get this, somewhere in that process, Tone, think about the kind of play calling that developed Jordan Love as the season went on. And then take a look and compare that to Jalen Hurts and how his season has gone on. In that process, Jordan Love was buying in, buying in seeing the success, buying in, seeing the success. Then, my opinion, that Turkey Day game when they beat Green Bay, that's the thing when it, I think, Detroit. Detroit. When they beat Detroit. Detroit, I think that's when they knew. I think that's when it went, holy shit, he's right. And you know what? Let me give you two significant moments for two quarterbacks where Jalen is still looking for that significant moment. When Joe Brady got that job and Joe Brady's in that Dallas game and they only threw the ball 15 times and they showed you they can win a ball game, only throwing the ball 15 times. Mm -hmm. Josh Allen went, holy shit, I don't have to throw the ball 39 times. That aha moment. Right, and then all of a sudden you beat Detroit and you beat the pants off them. Holy Mm -hmm. shit. That's when players start buying in to having that blind faith. Jalen has never bought in this year to the blind faith that the coaches yeah. were going to put him in a position of success. There hasn't been a single moment where, we, where, we, where we've said to ourselves this season, uh, that was the moment where the coaches proved to the quarterback that this is the best way to get it done and trust us. There's not, there hasn't been a single moment this year where the coaches have earned the trust of the court, earned the trust of the quarterback. You know, when I look at, Jordan Love and how he's beginning to prosper, right? We're going to look and if if, Jer- if Jordan Love and if Jalen Hurts continue their trajectory of growth, we're going to look back at that 2020 quarterback draft class as one of the best we've ever seen. You have Justin Herbert, Tua Tagovailoa, Joe Burrow, Jordan Love, Jalen Hurts. Those were the first five quarterbacks taken off the board, and all five of them are starters in the NFL. I believe three of them. Um, are, are, are three of them are the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. One of them will get his contract, won't be up there with those guys because of health. And obviously, he he went to bed against the uh, Chiefs. Jordan Love, they re upped him, but they kind of gave him a contract where it gave them both for the flexibility for him to figure out if he's the guy or not. If everything holds true, that entire draft, that those first five quarterbacks, how often can we say the first five quarterbacks taken off the board have become the franchise quarterback for their organizations in one draft class? Has that ever been, no, has, only has that ever been done? Has it ever yeah. been done? 83, when they had Elway, Marino, um, Kelly. Um, now, those were the three significant because right. there were other guys that were taken in that draft. But to the success that you said, no, because Kelly, Mar- um, Elway went one, Mar- uh, Kelly went somewhere in the top 10, and Marino was the last player taken. But they had three other quarterbacks taken in that draft. But that's a three-headed monster. You're talking about more success here, which is true. That 04 yeah. class that had Eli and uh, Roethlisberger and Rivers. And Philip Rivers, yeah. pretty good, too. So 
But you're right. But again, the first five quarterbacks. Yeah, this is it, a high it, volume. It, it, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Um, both of those, all, all, all five of those guys were chosen uh, in the top fifty-five picks. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't happen. No, you know the the odds of five the five first quarterbacks taken being legit franchise quarterbacks. You know, you you said you said it best earlier. If this is what we're going to get going forward from the quarterback position in, in the NFC and the AFC, man, the league is in great hands. Yeah, I really, I mean, there's so many great looking young arms that are in the NFL today. What what do you, what do you make of the stat going into tonight's game that the Eagles are dead last um, in the National Football League since Matt Patricia's taken over as D coordinator? They're dead last. It's exactly what you said it is. They're dead last, and if they can't find a way to limit that damage, they're going to be dead in the water. Um, it's so funny. I'm always going to have this this sliver of optimism because I'm an Eagles fan, but I do understand that the uh, there are many forces working against the Philadelphia Eagles because of the uh, you know the the internal strife, um, the disconnect between coach and quarterback, um, the defense. There's so many things working against the Eagles. Not having AJ Brown, that's going to hurt. So we're going to find out really what Jalen Hurts is made of in this kind of situation. This is going to tell me a lot about him, me personally. Um, so there's a lot of things working against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, the one thing that I'm willing to ride on is how so far uh, through the first two days of the playoffs, we've had two matchups not pan out how we thought they would. Um, we had the Texans completely obliterate and put up 45 points on that on that Browns defense. Granted, they, he threw two pick sixes, but if you want to take those away, they put up over 30 points on that Browns defense. No one would have thought that. No one thought that. I had the Browns winning that game. Obviously, By the way, that Nico Collins kid, he can also play. Yeah, yeah. He is and, sweet. And a lot of people forgot about the, the wide receiver that got out of Bama. His name is uh, Michi the Third, John Michi yep. the Third. He's the one that beat cancer a couple years ago. A lot of people forgot about him. He's a talented individual. Um, and then the, the second game that didn't pan out exactly how we thought, Cowboys-Packers, and, you know, for obvious reasons. So I'm looking at it like this. The Cowboys, from a trend perspective, They've been a team that's been pretty much dominating everybody, especially at home. All of a sudden, the, all of a sudden, the trend got broken. Um, the Texans, um, that Browns defense, they've been known as the best defense in the NFL, dominating everybody, winning games. That trend got broken. So for me, it's not something that you could probably put your money on. But just from a spectator standpoint, I think this is a matchup where the Philadelphia Eagles have just they, – they, they, they have a shot to win this game. They have they have just as good a chance to win this game as the Buccaneers do. Uh, granted, everything that you said though about the defense, about the coaching, all that stuff rings true, and I will never deny that. You know how I give it up, Sills. But you know, I'm looking at this team and this, I'm looking at them in the situation as if they can buck the trend. If these other teams can buck trends, I don't see why the Philadelphia Eagles can't buck a trend. That's how I'm looking at. It. And again, it's not. It's not, it's not, it's not the sturdiest foundation to stand on, but it's something. How about this? And, and, and get this. I think you and I both agree that Javon Hardgrave is not really one of these guys that's going to go out there and be a shit talking guy in the media. No. And I, I don't he doesn't think even, he, he doesn't even talk trash in game. He doesn't even talk trash in yeah. games. He's not. Even I, I, I don't think guy. he's some sort of like, you know, one of these hot talking guys, even like me, shit talkers that are on the radio right, or on right. TV or whatever. I don't think he's like me, but you know what? He said something in his Kittle um, podcast, and they were talking, and they were talking about how 
you know, in just one 20 minute meeting and they were listening in a team meeting to Kyle Shanahan talking about how important it was to establish the run for play action on first down so that they could consistently run their playbook and constantly looking to be third and three or less so that it was a priority for us on offense and why the run game was so effective and so important for us. And he sat there and he didn't mean to throw shade on Sirianni, but I took it there because he said this, and I'm paraphrasing. I learned more and I posted it on my Twitter page at Dan Cilio show, the context from SF gate. And I went like, he goes like this. I learned more in a 20 minute conversation that he had in a team meeting about why the importance of running the ball on first down than I did with anything I learned on Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia in two years. Mm. I mean, you're constantly being coached in San Francisco. You're constantly being worked. What the hell's going on in the building? I mean, he did get this. Think about what he did. It wasn't shade because I added Sirianni, but he goes, I learned more. Listening to him talking for 20 minutes than anything I ever learned in Philly in two years. Mm. And he, he was throwing praise on Kyle. So I was assuming he's talking about the head coach in Philly because he was directly talking about Kyle. Right, and I'm going, right. that's quite an indictment, dude, that you got 20 minutes of coaching on why first down and why running the ball on first down is a priority. And you're getting clarity on why in a direction of why he's doing something because today's players want to know, why am I running this defense? Why am I doing this? Do you understand that I think in San Francisco, you've got coaches explaining why you're lining up in man coverage. I think in Philadelphia, they're just telling you to line up in man coverage and telling you to go do it. But you see the coaches in San Francisco, you know what they're doing? They're communicating with you, Tone, and they're going, here's why. Because we're looking to have our really great linebackers, Greenwell and Warner, have all the pursuit come to them. So – you know, you understand? I think they go the extra mile in coaching mm-hmm. and telling you why they're doing things. Whereas in Philly, it's plug and play. Well, here's the thing, right? You know, in this new NFL, you're not getting that much grass time with these guys. You know, you're, you're, you know the, the new CBA prevents you from talking to guys, you know, prevents you from talking to guys in the offseason, all those kind of things, right? There's so many things working against you as a head coach in the offseason to, um, to prevent you from preparing your guys for the actual in season. So, um, based on the, based off of what Hargrave said, it seems like the 49ers make it a point to constantly drill and constantly keep teaching, 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 even when they're in season, right? It's not just about game planning for the opponent. It's also about game planning for ourselves. And um, maybe that's something that's been lost in Philadelphia. Maybe um, the teaching part has been, has been lost or the voice um, is no longer resonating, you know, with the students, right? So, um, I do believe it's an indictment on Nick Sirianni that this team has experienced some of the things that they've experienced. But, you know, I always like to, uh, but lately I've been trying to go back to what you say, right? And that's player accountability. At some point, you guys got to wake up. That's you know, right. a two a two or three game losing streak, okay, I'll look at coach. Five game, six, y- 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 yep. y'all lose the, y- y- y'all lose your final five or final, yep. um, five of the last six. Right okay, I'm looking at I'm looking at players now. I'm looking at effort. I'm looking at commitment. I'm looking at body language. I'm looking at all of that kind of stuff. Paycheck. So at, exactly at this point in the season, 
yeah, like I'm, I'm going to always give Nick Sirianni hell, and it's not going to stop. But now I'm adding y'all to the chopping block. Oh do yeah. Y'all care, do y'all care about what y'all doing? Do y'all care yeah. about executing? You know that, that that's what this game is going to be. That's what this game is going to come down to. That's right. There's no other situation, no other moment in this season that's going to match this. Do you care? We're going to find out very early in the first couple drives. Is this team in it, or they were already um, booked their tickets to Cancun? We're going to find is, out very fast. This is again, I, you know, in the first hour of the program. This is what I said. How I had talked to these guys, I'd, I'd go right over to Brandon Graham. Brandon, give me all you want, man. Give me all you got left. I need it. I don't care about Detroit. I don't care about next week. I need you to go out there and play as well. Hey, fat body. I'm talking to you, Jordan Davis. You got to step up, son. I need you, man. I can't have you laying on people. You're not in college and on scholarship. Jalen, rookie wall, um, Jordan, I'm mean, uh, Carter. Listen, rookie wall. I can't have it. I need you to play. Hey, Josh, I know you played a ton of, ton of snaps. I don't care. I need 65 plays from you tonight. I don't care how you get there. We have to hit Mayfield. He's hurt. The last two weeks, he struggled with offense and health. Hit him. Hit him. Zach Cunningham, Morrow, do the best you can. Watch out for the back out of the backfield. He's got 65 catches coming out of the back. Mayfield's injured. They're going to try to get him in a slot. They're going to try to get him open because they like to spread you out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to tell that defense, make Mayfield beat me. And here's why, Tone. You have got to have a number one priority in stopping the run. I'm going to go to sleep at night. Hey, Sills, well, Mike Evans beat you. Okay. But I can't have White establishing 165 yards on me mm -hmm. with one of the worst run offenses in the league beating me. Make them into a one-dimensional team. Make Mayfield beat me. Hey, they got mm -hmm. 2,000 yard receivers. Okay. I'm going to live to die with that. But what I can't live with is that me stop in the pass and they get a run game going and they right. beat me with the lesser of the two. Right. Because here's that the thing. I can't live with. Exactly. Because like I'm, I'm, I'm willing to, in the first, in the first half, especially I'm willing to completely sell out and stop the run. I'm willing to, because have to, because I can't afford to let them get their run game going. And then let's here's the thing, right? It's over. If, if they their, get the run game I, over, it, oh, it's over. Get, it's, it's over. over. It's over. It's over. If they get that running game going, if, if they're averaging, if they're averaging four and a half yards of carry, it's over. over. It's over. It's like you might as well just pack it in because at the end of the day, if you enter that game saying, okay, we're going to stop the pass and our D line is going to stop the run. No, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. You have to in my opinion, sell out, stop the run, make your intentions very clear. And then at that point, you know, you know what you're working with. You know what you know what you're dealing with, right? I, I, I want you to completely discourage them from running the ball, right. completely, because if you do that, now you put them in a situation where they have to rely on a hurt quarterback who doesn't have his feet aren't right and his and his his ribs aren't right. And we know how quarterbacks are built from the feet up. So if his feet ain't right and the ribs ain't right, how can he get that torque? I don't believe he on can the beat ball. Me. I don't believe he can beat me. I don't believe that. But again. We go back to this Philadelphia Eagles defense, and whenever we talk about them, it's not about the opponent. It's about them because the, the fact of the matter is you lost to the Giants, you lost to the Cardinals. And granted, this is a week-to-week -week league, and, and all, all opponents aren't created equal. I understand that. But if you struggled against Tyrod Taylor, you struggled against Drew Locke, you struggled against 
um, Kyler I mean, Murray, Gino. who is a good quarterback, but he has no weapons. You struggled Tommy against Gino. a limit. You struggled against Tommy DeVito at one point. It's like, how can I look at you in a different light? But again, you know, um, I'm entering this game uh, optimistic. Um, I have no, no stat, no performance, nothing in the past several weeks to lean on to support my faith. I want to make that very clear. Why, why, have, why do you give them the benefit of the doubt, Tone? Well, this isn't, a, this isn't about them. This is about me. And okay. yeah, 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 yeah. This isn't about them. Okay. Um, they've, they had, they, they've, they've shown nothing or given me nothing to believe that they're capable of winning this game. Would it be fair that you're leaning on the one last bit of hope is the quarterback? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm banking on. You can. I'm banking on the quarterback making yep. key plays down the stretch. Yeah, okay. Um, and that's kind of how these organizations build their franchises in the first place, right? You know, yep. you put so much into the quarterback's hands. Hey, listen, well, if, 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 I, if, I got, if I got the better quarterback, now obviously Baker had a better year statistically. We get that. Um, but if I feel like I have the better quarterback, I should win that game. And that's how I'm looking at it. Um, Just because he had a better statistical year, folks, and I know sometimes people like to tie this in, that doesn't mean he's better. Right, right. And I don't think he's better. He's um, not. But he's the bottom not. line is Baker – um, he did his job this season, and he actually had a career year across the board. A lot of people don't want to talk about that. People don't. People don't want to talk about that though. But Baker Mayfield had a career year in yards, touchdowns, um, touchdown interception ratio, quarterback um, rating. Yeah, he had a career year, but it doesn't get noticed because he was in a bad division, and you know they they barely got into the playoffs. He had a bad. He, he had a rough past couple weeks, but he did his job. So overall. I think this is a game that the Philadelphia Eagles should they be should they win the game? Yeah, will they? I hope so because my prediction is Eagles win 24-23. And this is how I think it plays out. I think there's going to be a point in that game where the Eagles are down 17 to 23 in the fourth quarter. I think Jalen Hurts and the Eagles drive, they score, take the lead 24 to 23. Um the Buccaneers are going to have the ball in the final 2 minutes. Um, I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be moving the moving the ball slowly but surely, but then they get the midfield. Baker drops back somehow, some way he gets flushed, and then Josh Sweat comes around the corner and strip sacks him. So I think I think that's how it plays out. It's very it's very very descriptive, very specific, but I think that's how it plays out. So you you're you you're playing this in your mind already. You've got this yeah, thing I've, already I, played I, out I've, in your mind. Is that I, right? I, I, I've, 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 I've played this game out. Especially like the final, the final two minutes, final four minutes, and certain because I've thought about this, thought about the scenarios. The Eagles have not been dropping the most amount of points at all. The Buccaneers, same thing. Um, I think this is going to be a game where the Philadelphia Eagles try to shorten it. I think I think they are going to try to get their running game involved. I wouldn't be surprised if Jeff Stoutland and those boys had a conversation and said, "Look, this week, all about y'all," because I believe. When it comes to this offensive line, when you come out and explicitly tell them the game plan is about you guys, I firmly believe that emboldens them. I think Jeff Stalin told them straight up, this this week is about y'all, nobody else. AJ Brown is out, all this other kind of stuff. This game, this game is about y'all. Y'all win, y'all win, we win, flat out. So I think they're going to lean on the running game a little bit more than they normally would. Um, I think the weather, the quarterback's uh, the quarterback's finger, plus you're missing AJ Brown. I think they're going to be in a lot more 12, 13 personnel. Um, and I think they're going to try to uh, shorten this game with long drives. So 
um, and try to keep their defense off the field as much as possible. I think that's another game plan too. Try to keep their defense off the field as much as possible. That's why I got the score 24-23. Not high scoring at all, but it's going to be timely scoring. Who do you think it hurts more going into tonight's game with Brown not being on the field? Ryan Johnson or Jalen Hurts? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Now they're I'm all say, intertwined. Yeah, that's that's the thing, and I and I, I'm, I'm I'm trying to like un, I'm trying to untangle the you know <clears throat> chart the cords. You know what I'm saying? But um, I think AJ Brown not being there. I'm going to say Brian Johnson because I think AJ Brown not being there. Some may say it will hurt hurts. No pun intended, but I say it may help. It'll force him to actually go through his reads. It'll force him to actually trust everybody else, trust the tight end, trust Devontae Smith more. You know, it's going to, he's not going to have the, he's not in his mind. He's not going to just look for AJ. You know what I mean? So I think that's going, so I think, I think him not being there is going to strip him of that. Whereas though, Brian Johnson, I feel like his, so much of his game planning revolves around AJ Brown that he, he he. I don't know if he can get himself out of that mode, right? So um, I think I would put more of the pressure on on Brian Johnson, even though obviously it hurts both of them. But I would probably put it more on Brian Johnson. Yeah. Can I tell you what I think happens tonight with your boy tonight? Yeah. yeah. I think that motherfucker is gonna sell out tonight. Like there ain't no game tomorrow, yesterday, two years from now. No AJ Brown. He's gonna go out there and he's gonna run like his hair's on fire, like he did last year, and he's going to go out there and he's going to play just like he did last year. You think he goes back to the – He's just going to go out there and he – get this. He may get broken up. He may get hurt. I don't think he cares. He may not. I think tonight that dude is going to go on that football field tonight, and I think that guy is going to think about not the second quarter, the third quarter or the fourth quarter, He's going to think about every play he's in and every play is a priority play for him. And I've thought about it. And I think if that guy goes into that game and he plays like that, and I think AJ not being in there affords him that because they're not going to be calling pass plays like that. Jalen's going to get out of them plays. Let me tell you something, man. There ain't a guy in that offense that scares me more than that guy. When he's in open, open space, when he's in the pocket, here, let me give you a stat here. They're the most blitz team in the NFL, and they're 26th in blitzes in EPA. That's efficiency. Do you understand that? They're the most blitz team in the league. How's that for you, Tone? That tells you right then and there how they see you. That tells you right then and there. Yeah, the you know, backs can't pick up uh, the blitzing. The quarterback has to sit there, and they're twenty. he's 26th. In EPA. Yep. Jalen Hurts, um, career year in times blitzed. Um, In 2021, he was blitzed blitzed 124 times. In 2022, he was blitzed 172 times. And in 2023, he was blitzed 185 times. He's been hurried 59 times. um, And he's been hit 29 times while, while passing. And he's been pressured 124 times. Um, Jalen Hurts has been pressured on 20% of his dropbacks. He's 
the Eagles are the most blitz team in the league. Mm-hmm. And 47 of his rush attempts um, on the season, 47 of his attempts were scrambles, which basically, you know, rushes on plays designed as a pass. So um, if you look at his rush attempts, um, if you look at Jalen Hurts' rush attempts on the season, in all reality, where is it? Here it is. In all reality, right? Jalen Hurts, he rushed for 150, he rushed 100, 157 times. But if you, but if you cut back, and, and take away the scrambles. Jalen Hurts, he only he only ran the ball d- f- from a design perspective. He only ran the ball 110 times. Last year he was on. So they dialed, so, so so they dialed it back. Actually, they dialed back his design runs um, this season because last year he ran 165 times. And why would you um, do that? And uh, he had four. He had 44 scrambles. So, yeah, his design runs have been dialed back a little bit. They've been and dialed he's back. been blitzed more. He's been, he's, he's been blitzed at a career high all across the board. So my thing is, you know what they're going to do coming into this. That's, what, that's why I've always kind of been disappointed in the coach staff because most of these coaches, you know what they want to do to your quarterback. You know. And no one has answers. That makes me nervous. You know what? I got to tell you something else. I watched three games. And I watched like the last three games, and you know, I, I, you know, I had never said this before. And then I was watching the Rams game yesterday, and that Puka Nakua kid getting open, and how Sean and watching Lafleur get those other guys—they make it look easy, dude. They're like these—they they scheme these routes up. They're so tech. Even Nico Collins in Houston—they're mm-hmm. so well done and. And organizing and the game plan. You know what I came tone last three games. I came away with this. Man, the scheme is very average in Philly. Mm-hmm. And it just seems to me like there's a lot of one-on-one stuff. I t- where I spoke about this. It's just it looks like schoolyard football, like you're playing a game of horse. And like, hey, it's like AJ, get open. Go ahead. Or Devonte, get open. You're not helping the guys get open because when you watch McVay or Lafleur or Kyle or any of these guys, mm-hmm. they get Debo open. Mm-hmm. They get Ayuk open. It just doesn't seem, and that's why these routes are taking so much longer to develop. They're not that, helping them at the line of scrimmage. They're, they're not, helping, not them. helping them with these design schemes. It's almost like you're designing a pass for one guy. Remember what I told you about quality routes? This was early on in the year, and I was talking about quality routes. Mm-hmm. I remember vividly. I think they put quality route tree patterns in for AJ, and I think they give the other guys the scraps, the scraps of the routes. And I think it looks it, and that's why. And get this to show you Devontae's greatness. Devontae's greatness is still, he's still producing. Can you imagine if he actually had a, a, a reliable, or someone who's good at their job. Can you imagine like, if he played in Green Bay? Imagine playing. In, imagine if he was in in LA with the Rams. Good night. Puka Nakua and Devontae Smith. <clears throat> okay, and Cooper Cup. That's deadly. So no, yeah, you're right, man. The bottom line is, um, they haven't done a great enough job with trying to get their guys open. And you know, Nick Sirianni always dies on this hill that you know I don't believe in motion and just emotion. What? He's so he's so stubborn in that regard. 
it's it's almost like the more you bully him about it, the deeper the deeper he gets in. Like uh, I I don't like motion. We motion the least out of any team in the NFL. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. And our offense is our offense is one of the is one of the least productive or one of the least efficient. So what does that tell you? There's some there's a there's a there's a consistent thread between what Nick the way Nick Sirianni has has been doing things and the overall output. Your offense has grown stagnant. Your offense has no flavor. It's bland. It's 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 it's, it's nothing exciting or that that teams have the game plan for. It's just, it's just it's so simple and. They've done. He's ultimately done nothing to really take this offense to the next level. I said this earlier in the season. This coaching staff has been riding the coattails of the uh, of this talented roster. They have, and and when you think about even just the way they the way they've talked about it, the way they've talked about it, saying, "Oh yeah, you know we you know we trust those guys to win their matchups." Okay, as true as that may be, sometimes a matchup is a matchup, but sometimes a guy is just having They're his way too. Right, they 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 they're they're pros pro too. too, and in my opinion, it just it just shows a lack of respect for the opponent. They're pros too, so you have to scheme your guys open, be creative. When Sean when when uh Sean McVay and Lafleur and Kyle Shanahan and uh Ben Johnson with the uh with the Lions, you know what I'm saying? When those guys get their hands on talented players, they get excited. They okay, what if I move them here and then do this? And they they think they they coach like they're playing a video game. Whereas though Nick Sirianni, he coaches like he's playing Tetris, very, very you know stiff and you know forcing things to fit where it's not there and it's I don't know. But overall, man, um, this this game is going to be this game is all about Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, can you can you do can you do your job well enough where you sustain drives and keep your defense off the field? I'm looking at Jalen Hurts all day on offense and on the defensive side. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be staring at Jordan Davis all day. All day, because he's not getting. I mean, I know we talk about him, but he's not being talked about enough. I think, I think, I think Jordan Davis has to win today. Has to. He has to win. If he doesn't win, this game's over. Game's over. If 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 the Bucks get a run game going, the thing's over, and it'll be over quick. Um, what do you make of this thing here? Having broken this down, getting ready for tonight. Mm-hmm. Eagle running backs are dead last in the National Football League with yards after contact. Yeah, when I heard you say that, um, I almost couldn't believe it. But then I had to really think about it. So yeah, you know, that that blew my mind. I had no idea that they were dead last in yards after contact. That tells me, that tells me that we don't have any physical backs at all. And you put you put one hand on our guy, he's going to the ground. So that actually puts more pressure on the Eagles offensive line. Because they have to be perfect for guys like DeAndre Swift and Kenny Gainwell, you know, to you know to get where they got to go. I like DeAndre Swift. I think I think he needs twenty plus touches tonight. You, you know, know what, Tone? I like how they run the ball 
with Gibbs and that kid, uh, the other kid. Montgomery, yes. Montgomery. So, I, but they're I different like running backs, right? M Montgomery's the power back. Yeah. Gibbs is the, yeah. is the cat back, the elusive guy, the speed guy that can catch from the backfield. That's the combination I like in my backfield. Green like Bay him. does that too. Yep. The, uh, what is it? Uh, Aaron Jones and what's the other guy? Is the it, kid uh, Davenport? No, not that. It's someone Davenport? else. Um, had him in fantasy this year. I can't remember what his name is, but um, but if you notice, that's kind of what you're getting with a lot of these teams. You're getting you're you're getting you're getting like kind of like your 17 team. You know, your your 17 team had that that dichotomy. You know what I'm saying? Power mm -hmm. back. They had then then they had the the DeAndre Swift kind of guy who can make people miss. Mm -hmm. You you had that then. You don't have that right now. So to me, like like I really love the way Detroit and the way they run the ball, man. They run the ball so well with those two guys. Right. Um oh um, I think his name is Emmanuel Wilson, the other That's running back. It. Yeah, but but um, but nonetheless, though. I said, you know, like I said to you earlier, I I don't have much foundation to stand on with this Eagles team today. I don't, right? They've struggled all year, um, and this is where we are. I will say, I will say this though, that fifth seed is looking like a blessing in disguise now, <laughs> because if if I would have known losing a division would guarantee me that Cowboys level of disgrace, I would have <laughs> signed up for it from the beginning. I was, you know, you can have the division. If if I know that's going to happen, you can have it. Um, so look, they have an opportunity here. This this the Eagles couldn't have been given a, again a gift. You have another gift that's been given to you. Can you take advantage of it? I have them winning the game, but it's not by much. Can they shock me? Can they shock the world? You have the best matchup in the playoffs. The Cowboys are no longer in the race. And you you're know, luckier on the road because if you were at home and you had a couple three and outs, and you're, you're going to get your ass kicked. And you're on the road. So I think that works in their favor, believe it or not. I you do know too. what I mean? So less pressure. You get to go on the road and play game record. This, this, we're going to find out. You know, the defense but has done nothing. I'm going to give you a little history lesson here about Tampa. Yeah, go ahead. There's a lot of Philly folk down there, okay? So when the Flyers roll in there, let me let me just say this to you, man. When the when the Flyers used to roll in there, and I told you they got a rule now at where, where the Lightning play, you know the rule is you can no longer wear opposing gear in the lower bowl right, and right, right. because of the Flyers. Because the Flyer fans would buy up all them lower bowl tickets, and all you see is Flyer gear. So management, Jeff Vinnick, the owner of the team, who bought it from Mr. Davidson, who used to own the uh, Pistons too, bought it, and they said, no, 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 no. We got a new rule. One, Ticketmaster locally, we're not selling tickets to Philly people or Detroit people or New York people when the Rangers roll into town. And you can't wear opposing gear. That's why when you watch a Lightning game, you will never see an opposing team gear in the lower bullets because of Flyer fans. Wow. The Flyer fans and Tampa is notorious for Philadelphia transplants. And I know even my boy Tony Bruno is going to be there. So let me just say this to you, man. There's going to be a lot of Philly fans. If that thing starts going sideways quick, you would think you're in Lincoln Financial South real fast because oh, no. I've heard that crowd in that building. And let me tell you, they take that building over too, dude. You know what? I think you're right because um, earlier in the season, I think it was week three or week four when they played, there was a lot of Eagles fans down there for that game. 
So, and it's a playoff matchup. We're, you know, we're going to see. But overall, um, I think the Eagles, they have an opportunity. They got a chance. That's They got a chance. And I got to win the 24-23. So that tells you how slim of a chance I think they have. So uh, I think Rob has them losing 31-30. Um, oh, dang, so, scoring that many points. So, yeah, I, yeah, I don't Both think – Both them I, teams, man. I think, I think the number's 44. Yeah, yeah, so – Ain't nobody going up. You know, that. this is um again, they've done nothing to earn the benefit of the doubt, to put it plainly. They've done nothing to earn it. I See, the very, the only reason very clear. Folks, he's going with the win. Look at the hat. Of course, man. Ted. Come on. I listen. This is this this the is, hat and the gear. Come on, man. It's a day. I can't of, fault you. But here I, I'm, gonna, you I'm, know, I'm, I'm gonna put this just a little more another nugget in here. Mm -hmm. Okay. I heard you guys talking about the secondary. True, it's ranked low, but that who was the, because who, who the Eagles or the um the um Bucks. But let I'm, me tell you, Antoine Winfield Jr. Got to watch I know, him. Get, here's why: early in the season and midseason, they had a ton of injuries. They're yeah, they're, they're they're healthier now. They're healthier now than they've ever been during the year. So that's where numbers misleading a little bit. Mm -hmm. That they're better back there. So I might. I'm, I'm, I might not look at that and go, hey, because you know what they'll do? Shit, Sunday night, they ever here, – here's the difference between the Eagles and Matt LaFleur and Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan when they're putting a game plan together. You know what it is? The Eagle game plan's already installed on Sunday night. These other guys, these other coordinators, are going to wait until game time and in-game situations, mm -hmm. and then they're ready to roll. They've already got their game plan in on what they think they're going to do. I think they're going to. I think they're going to try to throw the ball. I, I was. I was literally about to ask. Literally about to ask you. Um, give me the first three plays for the Philadelphia Eagles. Give me Goddard and Swift will be established tonight. I agree. I agree. Right out of the gate. That's not a bad thing either. Right. So. So. Because it's high percentage. It's high percentage passes. Tone. You're not talking about. The hard throw down the field in the seam or the slant. You're talking about block and release stuff. You're talking about maybe some screens getting guys open. I'd like to see some middle screens, which they never run with Swift, but okay. I mean, you know, I, I mean, you got four Pro Bowlers basically with Landon in there. Use them. Jesus Criminy. Get get let him run behind some of them blocks in there. Let him get going here. See what the Bucks do. Slow that buccaneer. The Bucs have good linebackers that do a lot of great scraping down the line of scrimmage. They like to turn things back into pursuit. So to me, this is going to be about the Eagles establishing. You can establish a run game in a short intermediate passing game. That's what Brady did for ever doing shit like that. But you cannot lose first and third down. Mm -hmm. if, the, if, if the Eagles are in third and long and they give up, how about this? If you see first down, keep an eye on this one, Tone. If it's five yards on first down, four yards, six yards, four and a half, five, they're getting beat. Mm -hmm. I agree. They're getting beat. I agree. They, let me can't, ask, they cannot give up chunks on first down. Let me ask you this. What, what do you need to see? Okay, so you know how you said if the, if the, if the Buccaneers are getting if – the, if the Buccaneers are getting X, Y, and Z, Eagles are not winning the game. What do you need to see from the Eagles to, signif to signify to you early, oh, they're going to control this game? Playing you... fast. Playing fast. Playing fast. Hmm. Get out of the gate fast. Play fast. 
play fast, stop the run, get in that five front, do whatever it can. Dude, you have got to turn. You cannot allow an average football offensive team to be multifaceted, which means running the ball and throwing it. You could turn any average. Well, look what they did with Arizona and with the Giants. You turn two average offenses into a dual threat offense with running it and throwing it. You can't do that. Make that foot. That team struggles run. You know, they have struggled running the ball in Tampa, even when Brady was there. Mm -hmm. Stop the run. Dude, this is from 1920 until 2023. Stop the run, run the ball. Stop the run, run the ball. Isn't that funny, Tone, that it doesn't matter if you didn't have a face mask or to all the way to today. Stop the run, run the ball. Stop the run, run the ball. You do that, the Eagles can win this ball game tonight and don't turn the ball over. Like, don't put Jalen in a position to put him in high turnover plays. Did you see some of those shitty pass plays that Dak Prescott was put in last Mm -hmm. night? Why wouldn't you have run the ball on a Green Bay team that struggled stopping the run? Did you know Green Bay ran the ball 32 times last night and only passed it 21 times? That's how you beat Dallas. Simple as that. I mean, do you really need – you don't need a treasure map to figure that one out. You don't. You don't. But my, my point in saying that is, you know, they're a football team that does that they clearly didn't overthink the matchup. They didn't overthink it. You know, they you know they, they, they told their O-line early, listen, we need you guys to win, period. Y'all got to win. You're better. You know what they said to them? You're better than their interior guys. Flat out. And get this. Green Bay is not that great. But you know what they went? You're better. This is like the conversation that everyone in Philly's having when they go like this. Well, Tampa, they're just not very good on a lot of things they do on, on offense. And I'm like, you're the worst defensive football team in the league the last four it weeks. It doesn't matter what they do. You're the worst. You're the worst. What are you talking about, guy? Yeah. You're getting beat by shitty football teams. I wouldn't concern myself with the Bucs. I'd concern myself with how I'm going to stop the Bucs. Mm-hmm. Because you're not very – how about this? The Bucs may be the, the 31st worst offense. You're the 32nd worst defense. Something I mean, got to break. What are we talking about here? <laughs> right, right, right. It's, it's bad on bad. <laughs> it's bad right. So what's that mean? Let's not turn the ball over. Right, right. So what do you, you got know. in this game tonight? Uh, I got Eagles winning 24 to 23. I think there's going to be a moment where the Eagles are down 17 to 23. Um, Eagles scored a go-ahead touchdown to make it 24-23. Buccaneers get an opportunity to go to Buccaneers get an opportunity to drive down the field for the win. Um, somehow, some way, Baker drops back. He doesn't see sweat coming around the corner. And he gets stripped. Game over. So that's yeah, what I'm banking man. on. Like a Jeffrey Lurie movie. <laughs> you know, when I, when I get my predictions, I try to be as specific as possible. Um, so is Nick Sirianni the director of this thing? That's funny. No, he's not directing my movie. He's <laughs> he's not he's not directing my movie. Jeff Stoutland is. Jeff Stout? Oh, okay. He's, so you're going down the, the, you're yeah. going to the assistant director. Okay, he's, you're going he, down he's, there he's to the, get he's, he's, he's directing like this flick. Thing, right? You know, Nick Sirianni, he could um, you know, he could be in charge of the catering. But you know, Jeff Stalin, he's he's uh, directing his flick. Can Jalen's reputation be injured tonight? Yes, yes, because a lot of people, believe it or not, already have their opinions about him in regards to how he got to where he got to. Um, AJ Brown made him, 
all those kind of things. And we all know, listen, every quarterback. I don't needs, think that. No, yeah, I don't believe that either. But you know, every in, in my opinion, yeah, I think every quarterback, especially when you're developing, needs a legit number one. It's only right. It's only right. Need, I think you need a legit play caller. Right, that part, too, <laughs> that part too, that part too. So, um, but I do think his reputation can be damaged tonight. Um, when you couple it, when you couple it with the rough 2023 campaign, all the turnovers, and if he sh- and if he shits the bed tonight, and he th- and he turns the ball over like twice, even if he turns it over once, if he turns the ball over twice and they lose, his reputation could be damaged tonight. Um, and it will be devilishly similar to the 2021 situation. So um, he can't afford to lose this game. He also can't afford to lose this game because he turned the ball over. He has to do everything possible to win and, and try to avoid everything possible to lose. Well, I'm just going to leave you with this here. Gotcha. Well, you do understand that this is the same personnel that Jalen Hurts had in Tampa for the 2021 it's the same personnel. Swift, obviously, different than Sanders, but right. and right guard's a little different, but it's the same, it's the same group. And Nick calling plays. So I hope it works out for you. <laughs> hey man, I look at it like this. I believe the, that game. I believe the quarterback is uh I believe the quarterback is better. Um now did he have a down year with the turnovers? Absolutely, but I believe the quarterback is 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 exceptionally better than he was in 2021. Is the play caller? Um, say that again. Is the play caller better? And that's the and that's the million dollar question. We have no idea who the play caller is because based off of Tim McManus's uh, new article that came out this morning, which is damning in my opinion to the Eagles, you have no idea who the play caller is. The players don't even know who the play caller is. So, um, yeah, man, Jalen Hurts has a lot of forces working to, working against him tonight, but I think he pulls it out twenty four twenty three. Three play caller. It's 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 Howie on a cocktail napkin in the owner's box. Yeah, uh, rifle and plays down. Run a screen. We don't have it, Howie. Run a screen. Oh my god, that's funny. Yeah. dude. That's the, the some of the dumbest shit going. All right, Tone. Gary Cobb's gonna join us in a couple minutes. Appreciate yes, sir. I it, appreciate friend. it. Always fun. You got it too. We'll keep you updated on what's going on here too. Pittsburgh and Buffalo. About 12 minutes away, so we'll keep you updated on that game as well. Hit the like button. G. Cobb's going to join us from Fox 29. Keep it here, National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair.
Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. and Buffalo Bills game as we get you ready for tonight's action here. Um, yeah, I just tweeted out too. Michael Parsons is not better than Seth Joyner. I, I have no problem saying that. Um, I have no problem with that. I mean... I don't think he I think he does one thing well and I think he does everything else okay. I do not personally think that he's <clears throat> I don't think he's a complete ball player. I think he's okay. Um that 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 had to have been Okay, that had to have been one of the most disappointing moments in Jerry Jones's time owning the Dallas Cowboys. Had to have been. When you think about where and how they were perceived going into the playoffs this year and what people thought that was his best. I think that's Jerry Jones's last opportunity, in my opinion, for him to win a Super Bowl. Next year, you have a ton of free agents. Hey, you want to hear something? I do think the Cowboys finish in last place in the NFC East next year. Look at all the free agents you have. <clears throat> Are you really going to give CeeDee Lamb $25 million? You're going to give Dak $55 million? Are you going to turn around and give Michael Parsons $30 million? What about Tyron Smith? What are you going to do with him? He's a free agent too. Look at all the players that you have on that football team that are going to be free agents. There are a ton of people. Um, they did a really nice job on the field, by the way. They got a lot of the snow off the field in Orchard Park. So, again, we'll keep you updated on what's going on there as the game goes on here. Be interesting to see what the commanders do and who they hire. <clears throat> 
But look at all the look at all the free agents they have. They have an absolutely ton of free agents. Gary Cobb, by the way, will join us from Fox 29. He does the pre and post game show for Fox 29 in Philadelphia, covering the Philadelphia Eagles. So he's going to join us here in a couple minutes, and we'll get his take on how he sees this game going into tonight. Look, I I, I say this to you with 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 great respect tonight, and I and I appreciate what Tone said going into this game. That really, this is really going to be all on the quarterback tonight. What is Jalen and how is Jalen going to be able to handle the blitz tonight? I think Todd Bowles is going to blitz the living hell out of the Eagles tonight. The power game has not been there all year long. They're last in yards after contact. They're first in pressure. I mean, teams are coming after Jalen Hurts and the passing game. And that's what I think is causing a lot of the high turnovers is that they're bringing a lot of pressure. <clears throat> Make no mistake about it. You're going to – Todd Bowles is going to take a look at what Wink Martindale did in the last – or excuse me, the last regular season game. And eight of Jalen's INTs came after being blitzed. I'm just going to tell – that's – but see, the offense and the offensive coordinator and the game plan, they should be countering that. They should be running plays to take some of that pressure off him. In-game adjustments. That's why I tell you, when I went back and watched three of the last three games that they've played, and you watch them, the scheme is so average. It is so average, the, the schemes. And then when you take into that, that it's the most blitzed offense in football, you've you, you got a remedy for turnovers. Holding the ball too long because the routes are not well designed. I got to tell you, yeah, once again, we pointed this out earlier. The design routes for AJ look way more like creative and designed for him. And then you turn around and you watch the rest of the guys. They don't seem to have quality route trees. They don't seem that. And, and again, you know, I, I, I think what happens is when you're watching playoff football, you get more of a sense of it. And you can see it when you're watching, like I said, you're watching Nico Collins get open. You're watching Puka Nakua get open. You're watching some of these other guys get open. You, you, you start to go like this. Holy shit, look at the designs that Sean McVay has in his offensive route tree. I mean, even Matthew Stafford took a beating in that ball game yesterday. But I thought he played great. And getting to, I, I thought the Rams were in a point where they were going to win that ball game yesterday. I did. I thought he was – I thought he played really good football. Jared Goff, good for him, man. I, I said this before, and I'll say it again. I think Jared Goff easily and has to be one of the most underappreciated guys in the National Football League, man, because what he's accomplished – how about this? This guy won a home game, a playoff home game, 
in Detroit where they haven't had one in 30 plus years. They haven't had a home, they haven't had a playoff win in 30 years. And here they get a home and, and they get a playoff win at home in Detroit for the fan base. They've done a hell of a job, man, with with Jared Goff. And Jared Goff, I got to tell you, good for you, dude. You know, you were supposed to be kind of like the throw-in on the Stafford deal. I thought they sent him to Detroit to be – there was a point. I don't know about you guys, but to me, didn't you think that Goff was going to be a bridge quarterback for Detroit to go into the draft and find a guy and replace him? I thought he was going to become a bridge quarterback. Instead, he's a franchise quarterback. Any franchise in the National Football League would be proud to have that guy as the signal caller of your football team. That guy puts up huge numbers. He's a winner. How many times have you watched him beat Patrick Mahomes or beat some of the bigger guys in the league? He's a good football player. You know, when I saw him a couple years back when I think Jeff Fisher was his coach, I said, this guy's terrible. He'll never make it in the NFL. And then they get him a quality guy. I saw Sean McVay make a great comment today. And I happen to agree. And I, I happen to believe. And I and I believe Sean McVay when he says he's happy for Jared Goff. I do. I think he's happy for him. But this guy's gone up there and changed the landscape and the culture up there in Detroit. And I think that's one of the most incredible accomplishments. You know, Matthew Stafford had no postseason success whatsoever. Khalid goes like this, we are done for tonight. I don't know that. I don't think you're winning tonight. But dude, you got to play with you got to play with some energy tonight. You can't go into that football game like you did against the New York Giants and not have any heart tonight. Because if you go into that game and you look like the Cowboys or you look like you did against the Giants, you got major problems, and Nick Sirianni will not survive that. If they play hard tonight, they lose 21-20. They've had a lot of turmoil, and they lose that. They'll probably change the coordinators out. And I heard Tone talking about something he and I talked about, and him and Rob were talking about it. Who's got the leverage? I'm going to make a point to you here. If I'm Nick Sirianni, and I had put the team into a position where they've made the playoffs three years in a row, and you start talking shit to me in a meeting, I'll resign. There's a better chance of me getting a job if I resign than me getting fired. I can always come out and go like this. Look at my record the last three years. Look at what I've done. I decided to go into a different direction. And I'll he'll get it. There's a don't you agree? Think about this. Don't you think there's a better chance of Sirianni getting a job if he resigns versus being fired? That's the point we don't want to win. We want these coaches gone. Think about that for, hey, think about that. I want to have my own control of my own destiny. Destiny. You know what my leverage is, Tone? My leverage is that I put a team in the playoffs three years in a row. I was in a Super Bowl 12 months ago. I won an NFC championship. Things got a little haywire 
with some things in management. Organizations are going to overcome that. And organizations are over going to look that because of a little discord that's going on upstairs. Happens all the time. But if he resigns, he has the leverage then. I'm walking out. I'm not putting up with that. Because if he gets fired, it'd be hard-pressed for him to get a job. Why'd you get fired? What happened? Well, he wasn't really the coach. Because then he gets it. Doug resigned. Or was Doug fired? What was it? The parting of mutual ways. Was it that what it was? Okay. Think about what Yale said. Okay, so um, Sirianni takes a 4-11 and 1 team over. Right? Takes a 4-11 and 1 team over. They go to the playoffs against Brady and the Bucks down in Tampa. They get to the Super Bowl the following year. They turn around and win 11 ball games. And they're the five seed. And they get beat by a point in Tampa. Okay, well, there's a lot of job openings right now. And he would be interviewed immediately if he resigned. He gets fired? He may not be. Why would you fire a winning coach? You can't explain that. But if you walk away, you can go, we parted on mutual disagreements. For your job security, you need to get the leverage on your side. You can't have the Eagles have leverage over you. You can't. That's Doug. Doug's leverage was the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl win. That's right, Yale. Still excellent. I mean, Matt Nagy got a job again. Todd Bowles got a job again. If you resign, you're going to get a job right away. One of those jobs could land for you. Hey, I turned something around. I didn't like the way things were going. They wanted to do something different. Maybe the next time you walk into a building, you'll have more say too, if you do it that way. Telling you, I would not let Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie dictate my future by firing me if they lose tonight. You cannot have that. For your own job security. You're going to let him fire you? For what? For listening to management? You're going to get yourself fired because you did what you were told to do. That's not a way to get fired. Big Sills, we're really done with these coaches. We care a little about Sirianni's future and delivering soft flower speeches. I get it, but you got to remember too, Marshall, if he resigns, at least the owner then says, wow, we didn't get a chance to get a pelt on the wall. Hmm. Okay. They'll just hire the next Sirianni 2.0. Remember that. What you're trying to avoid is the repeating of the same thing and the same situation. We're efforting our friend Gary Cobb. Hopefully, Gary, I know he's busy right now, especially with, with Monday Night Football tonight for Fox 29. Hopefully, we're able to catch up with him. 
I know Angelo Cataldi's with us tomorrow, as you guys know. It'll be very tonight is going to be some ball game for the future of so many guys. By the way, you know, Tony and I were talking about Jalen. Can Jalen Hurts' reputation be injured tonight? Can Hurts' reputation be hurt tonight? Can it be? Philly says yes. Chip, yes. I'll say this to you. Here's my take on that. I think it's how he handles it. And how he handles tonight. Is Jalen going to have authority tonight and take control of the team tonight? Is his leadership going to come out tonight? Is he going to put the team on his back tonight? Is he going to be vocal after the game, during the game, on the sidelines? I need to see a ton of leadership tonight from him. Because they're going to need it. This will be the toughest game that Jalen Hurts has ever played as an Eagle tonight. Chips are down. Very few think they can win. Organization may be wobbling a little bit with him. Hurts his teammates. This is a big moment for him. This is one of those seminal moments in a player's career. Like last night was a seminal moment for Dak. Did you not do this with Dak Prescott? Dude, it's over. I don't know what you do in Dallas, and I don't know if you can do anything else in Dallas. Didn't we all, didn't you say that? That's what I said. I, I I came away last night with Dak, and I went, dude, you need a new place. You need a new zip code because it ain't working for you in Dallas. It'll never work for you in Dallas, Texas. You got to get the hell out of Dallas. It's just not working. Uh, I don't know if the Cowboys want you back. I don't know if you want to go back. What's the point? I mean, where are you going? Didn't you say that? Right? He has to prove he can win big without A.J. Brown. Every quarterback has a handful of boxes that always needs to be checked. Hurts has to prove he's the franchise. I'll put it to you this way. If Jalen Hurts wins this game tonight without A.J. Brown, He'll prove to me he can do some of the things that Josh Allen can do. And also Lamar Jackson and Mahomes. You start to get in that category. That when some players, like Brock Purdy's not in that category. Brock Purdy can't win without pieces around him. He has not proven that. And as a matter of fact, I'll even make this point. To some extent, nor is Joe Burrow. 
nor has Joe Burrow done that. Okay? Nor has he done that. So far, he proved he can win without Lane, which is huge. Which is absolutely huge. No question. Hey, hey, T. Will, he wins that. Get this. He wins tonight. Okay? He wins tonight. LJ. LJ goes, Lamar hasn't won shit yet. Neither is your guy. Your guy won a second place trophy. Congratulations. He hasn't won anything. Dude, you don't get extra credit for showing up to the game and losing it. Stop doing that. Lamar's had a better season. He's going to win his second MVP, and he's a year older. You you can make the argument all you want for Jalen. The guy in Baltimore is more accomplished. He's got the hardware to prove it. Say whatever you want. Anyway. Yeah, he he checks that box tonight. And even it's against the Bucs. See, look at this. Look at what's happened. Remember I told, I, I gave you guys a comment last year and I said this. Remember something, this may be as great as it ever gets for Hertz. That 2022 team may be as great of a football team as he'll ever play on. Jalen Hurts may never play on another football team as long as he lives like the 22 team. He may never play on a team like that again. You know how rare a team like that is? They come around generationally when you have that kind of talent on a football team at one time. Like like, like the Brady undefeated team, okay? Very few times. Hurts may never, okay? Hurts may never be in a position like that again. I'll tell you one thing, guys, for sure against Pittsburgh right now, just to give you guys – just as we do a little bit of in-game here, uh, Buffalo is doing a heck of a job running the ball. That guy, Joe Brady, has done one whale of a job at putting a run game together around Josh Allen. They are just running the football right down the Steelers' throats right now. They've done a nice job of taking some of the snow, a lot of the snow off the ground, and Buffalo's ground game right now is totally getting it done. So, boy... I'll tell you what, Buffalo and and Baltimore in the AFC Championship game, absolutely, man. Man, the Bills look good. Bills look great. Touchdown. Wow. Unbelievable. All right, I'm going to take a look at the weekend's games. We'll, we'll keep an eye on what's going on here as well. Hopefully, we're able to run down our friend Gary Cobb. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
Ball and Hooters, the perfect pair. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. For our friend Gary Cobb, hopefully he steps in with us. I know he's swamped. It's not all good. We'll catch up with him tomorrow. Till then, please hit the like button. Thank you very much. We'll keep you updated on what's going on. Buffalo Bills have a 7-0 lead right now over the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll reset everything at the top of the hour. I do want to talk a little bit about some of the games that we saw yesterday. And as we opened the show a couple hours ago, we talked about some of the great storylines and the national football league right now is in such a great place with these young quarterbacks. Saturday, the Texans take care of the Browns 45, 14 Stroud was insane. Great two seventy four, three touchdowns, Nico Collins, six for 96, one TD. I got to tell you something D'Amico Ryan's and the job that he has done in coaching that football team with that rookie and what he's done with defense. By the way, it can't be a good look for the Eagles. Even Bill Moss commented, Derek Barnett has been a force 
since he signed with the Texans. He has been a force. I mean, the pressure he has gotten and the job that he has done has been awesome. They have done such a great job of coaching him and putting him in a position to succeed. Got to tell you, man, heck of a job. Great coaching. And Barnett, I look, he had all those years to succeed in Philly, and he didn't. I get it. And you're right. But his small sample size in Houston, he is just absolutely killing it. Almost all my NFL friends were like, that guy was in Philadelphia and they cut him? He's been a force. I mean, and when you look at the lack of depth that they have at the edge and the job that he has done, it's been remarkable. Great job. They move on. The Chiefs pound the Dolphins 26-7. Mahomes was, 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 was great. Rice, eight catches, 130. I'll say this to you also about Mahomes and Andy Reid. Dude, you never know what you're going to get with that team. They may catch fire, and they may go on and do some crazy-ass things. Because when you have Patrick Mahomes and you have Andy Reid, it was on display. I got to say this to you about the Dolphins. Till further notice, the Miami Dolphins are soft. That football team is not a very physical team. They're a finesse team. They do not play with any kind of toughness at all. They get pushed off the ball. They really don't run the ball well. They play well at home. But outside of that, that's a really soft football team. They're just not a real physical football team. That's right, MG. They're a fake Rolex. You know, they look shiny. They look great. But you put them in a position to have to be physical. You, you, you sit there and you go like this. They can't be. And I wonder again, again, this is sometimes when you get when you get a guy who throws the ball around the yard. And I'll say this to you too about Tua. He's limited. He's a good player. You're probably going to extend him. You're going to give him a bag of money. You'll probably give him a three-year contract. And I, I don't have a problem with that. But they're very – yeah, I mean, Cosmo, that's a really good take there. The Miami Cowboys. I don't know. Two finesse foot. The Cowboys are a finesse team. Absolutely. The Cowboys are a finesse team. And two finesse teams got their faces kicked in. The Dolphins and the Cowboys. You're exactly right. A two is limited, man. He's just a limited dude. I don't trust two in bad weather games. I, I, I don't. How about this one? Tone says he doesn't trust her. And cold weather games. How about this? I don't trust them against tough teams. Like physical teams. Like anytime they put the play against a physical team, it's a mismatch. You know, I mean, like the, the Eagles took care. That was like one of the, would we not agree? Like that was one of the Eagles easiest games of the year. Was, um, the Miami game, right? Oh, this big game! They're going to put up a ton of points. They're going. This team. I. I was. I was shocked. 
myself. I thought they would put up two, but I was like this. They went, I, I was like, okay. That was like one of the Philadelphia Eagles' easiest ball games was, was that, that Miami ball game. The Lions here. Let's do let's do the uh, a little bit more on the Packers crushing the Cowboys forty eight thirty two. Jordan Love two seventy two three touchdowns. Aaron Jones twenty one carries one eighteen and three touchdowns. Look at this. Who's this kid? Dobbs six catches one fifty one and one touchdown. I mean, chip between Jordan Love and Aaron Jones, you had six touchdowns combined between just those two dudes. It was a complete and absolute annihilation. And the 32 points that the Cowboys put up there, that doesn't do anything for me. I, I Like I said at the beginning of the program, that game felt like, that game felt like it was a, a 60 to nothing game. That felt like it was 60 to nothing. I, I mean, if you're Jerry Jones, What's the first move you make? Firing Mike McCarthy? Is that the answer? So who do you blame for not being prepared? The coaches? Michael Irvin thinks it's the coaches. Do I? Do you? How about this? Let me ask you something here. And this may be extreme. Okay? This may be extreme. But I kind of use a military mentality here. So go with me here. It's kind of like euphemisms here. So I hope you'll be able to tolerate what I'm going to say to you here. Like if I was going to go into a battle and I had to fight people and I had to go in with my life on the line. What what what, what do you say here, Tone? The Cowboys have bigger problems than McCarthy. Yeah, that's right. I'd, think about this, guys. If you had to go fight for your life, and it was you or that dude that whose lives were on the line, reputation, salaries, livelihoods, whatever it is. Do you really need a coach or a general to motivate you when your life's on the line or your livelihoods on the line or your career's on the line? What kind of man are you? You need a rah-rah speech to have somebody prep you to get you ready? Like I said, the cowboy thing was more about heart. That's players. That's got nothing to do with play design. Okay? The fear of death or failure is all I Right. And you can apply that in any way. The fear of death of your career, the fear of your paycheck going away, the death of your, your, um, your livelihood going away. You could put anything into context you want when you have that mentality. It doesn't always have to be literal. That's the problem people do with they, Oh, you're taking the military and you're putting military versus a sport. No, I'm talking mentality. You have a mentality that something can be killed, your career, your salary. You really need a coach to get you motivated and ready to play? Man, I'm not built like that. 
I don't give a shit what you tell me on game day. It has no bearing. This comes to me getting out there and playing my ass off and me going out and giving the best effort I can. Come hell or high water, the one thing you're never going to accuse me of is giving you a shitty effort. Hey, just like when I do my shows, think about it, Tone. One thing that I've always made a commitment on, I don't do layups in anything I do in my life. I don't pack anything in. I don't pack it in. I'm prepared in everything I do. Everything I do and everything I love. Okay? I don't pack it in. Whether there's a trillion people or one dude, this is about me and my product and my standard. I don't need to have a coach set a standard for me. That begs the question, what the hell is wrong with the Eagles? Maybe that leadership thing you think they have, they don't. Because, hey, dude, when you fight for something, or maybe there's just not, how about this? Maybe you just don't have enough of them like you did a year ago. I'll tell you one thing about Adamic and Sue. You can say whatever you want. Was he a dirty player? Mm-hmm. Could you push him around? Mm-mm. Did he kick people in the head? Mm-hmm. Were people afraid of him? Mm-hmm. Did people fear him when he was in a huddle? Mm-hmm. How about Linville Joseph? Another one of them men. Talk about a guy who was a run stopper. Did you push him around? Mm-mm. You think you can punch him in the chance? Mm-mm. <laughs> you got some men in the t- You got some men in there. You think you're pushing them around? Mm-mm. Yell goes, maybe the talent isn't as good as we thought. Well, clearly on defense. That's a major issue. It's totally what happened. Yep. Fumble. Bills are going to get this. Come on, Bills. Come on, Josh Allen. It's my quarterback. That's my quarterback. Come on, Josh. Oh, I'm pulling for Josh. Got to have him get a Super Bowl win. Or how about this one? Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson in the AFC Championship game. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. I want to see that. Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson in the AFC Championship game. Someone's going to have to play Kansas City. Someone's going to have to play him. Interesting who that's going to be. Okay. I, I I can't wait to see who that is. Sills, you picked Bills and Cowboys. I sure did. Ravens winning the AFC, Sills. I am too. I'll take Josh Allen. Everybody's your quarterback, Sills. No, Josh Allen's my quarterback. Said it since day one. That's my style of quarterback who I want to have in my franchise. I hate the turnovers. I won't lie. I hate the turnovers. But he only needs one guy. Your guy needs 10 guys. Oh, we'll find out tonight. Tonight will answer a lot for me. 
Does Jalen need AJ or not? He's already proven he's one without Lane. Big one. Big one. Huge. Can they win without AJ? I'll tell you one thing. That coordinator didn't look very, very organized when AJ Brown wasn't out there. That thing looked a little chaotic. Queasy Watkins was getting targeted more. Queasy Watkins. Hey, and by the way, Queasy, this just in here for you a little bit, son. You having an ego? (laughs) You having an ego? Come on, dog. Okay? You having an ego is like Cat Williams being subtle. (laughs) it's about as much as cat williams being subtle (laughs) oh Mm. come on man i've been here the whole time what's that mean hey queasy you belong working at the cheesecake factory Who are you kidding? Okay. Who are you kidding? All right. We're going to reset. We're going to start doing a little bit of a pregame show here as we get ready for Eagles and Buccaneers. So we're going to take a timeout. We're going to reset. Don't forget our pregame show and then our halftime show. And then obviously our postgame show tonight as Buccaneers and Eagles. So we're going to do that. We're going to get you start getting you ready now. For tonight's game, we're going to take a timeout. We'll reset. Keep it here, National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. 
You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. National football show. It's 14 nothing now. Bills are going to take care of this game here and move on to the second round, divisional round of the National Football League. I posted these pictures of Jerome on my Twitter page at Dan Cilio Show. There's Jerome, number 42. He's 15 years old there. He's 6'3", 247 pounds. <laughs> There's Jerome. In Brooksville, he gave me these years ago. I found him, and I hadn't posted him in, like, ever. I don't think I ever posted him. That's Jerome Brown, number 42. He's 15 there. Let me see exactly. This is his football team. He sent – I don't even remember where he gave me these pictures. Here, here, get this. So here's Jerome. Oh, he was 230. So there were only two sophomores on the team, and Jerome's one of them. He's on the team. He's 6'3", he's 15 years old, and he's 245 pounds. Played DT and fullback. He wore number 42. He's 15 years old. He's 6'3", 245. Back then, Oh, man. Yeah, he had to have worn 42 because of Jackie. I would assume it was because of Jackie Robinson. But, uh, yeah. So, all right. We're going to reset everything here, get you ready for tonight's game. Yeah, the Steelers are going down big time here. Absolutely. Buffalo is going to take this game out here. So, we're going to get you ready for, obviously, Buccaneers and Eagles tonight. It's been a crazy weekend so far. We talked a little bit about some of the games. Game tonight, Raymond James. There's going to be some weather, some rain. It rained earlier today, but it looks like the rain forecast is going to be because, again, around this time, it's normal. 65 degrees is probably going to be around. Humidity will be a little high, but not crazy high. So it shouldn't be a factor tonight. The, The turf is really good. Raymond James has one of the better turfs, so it shouldn't be really an issue tonight when it comes to footing. Um, We talked a little bit about the Cowboys already, but a little bit about tonight's game again. And I'll say it again to you tonight going into this game. There's so many things and so many factors tonight 
that you have to take into account where the Bucks are today, where you played them earlier in the year, and how they're better than what they were then and the struggles that you've gone through for the last two months. You know, a lot of things, a lot of things happened to both organizations. I think what they did was they got a little bit more stabilized on offense and how they approached in the passing game in Tampa for them to be able to move the chains and then be able to play as well as they did down the stretch. I will say again, the last couple of weeks, they have struggled because of the health of Baker Mayfield. Now, before we go on, you guys, do you think the Eagles win this thing tonight? Are you feeling comfortable? That's right, Yell. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little bit more, Yell, about who Tampa is now and what's turned it around for them. Flexen says no. Sue, no. Okay? <clears throat> Toss-up. As an Eagle fan, hell no. They got to prove it to me, Sills. Haven't been comfy all season. You guys, you guys are on. Faith went out the door. Well, okay, let's let's go here now, and let's let's hit on that. Hey, by the way, we apologize. Gary Kyle probably got hung up with a lot of things that are going on tonight. Um, so it's all good. We'll catch up with him tomorrow. Angelo Cataldi is going to join us as well tomorrow. So no worries. Just me and you here. And as a matter of fact, sometimes that's the best television is just you and me. So if you could hit the like button, I appreciate it. Look, here, here's, here's what's happened mentally to the Eagles over the last two months. You guys had complete control of your destiny two months ago. You were 10 and one after 11 weeks. You had home field advantage and you had the East in your hands. And in the past six weeks, you dropped it, losing five of six. Tonight, because the Cowboys get knocked out, you have a clearer path to getting to all your preseason goals. It starts taking, it starts tonight with you taking care of your first step. Remember that you can, you know, the environment around you, but the only thing you can do is take care of each step you take tonight. That's the only thing you have control of. Our coaches used to tell us this all the time. Worry about your next steps. Worry about your steps. Let the guy next to you worry about his steps. And we'll all be marching in the same direction. Everyone has to march in the same direction for those steps to matter. You can't have one guy here, one guy here, one guy worrying about here. Don't worry about AJ not playing. Don't worry about stuff like that. Let's go. You can't control that stuff. You just can't. Bucks Mayfield, his performance has not been well received by the offensive coaches in Tampa. I know. I talked to Bruce Arians. 
He's been injured. He's been inconsistent for the last month because of injuries. What does that tell you? Hit him. Hit him hard. Hit him often. Pressure him. Hey, Matt Patricia, blitz him. Blitz him. You don't have a very good defense. You know the one thing they the one thing they should be doing? Bring pressure then. If you're not good in coverage, bring pressure. They're so concerned with not giving up the plus 25 play, they get beat by it anyway. Bring some pressure. You mean to tell me you're not good enough that you can't have an in-game adjustment where you can't sit there and quantify a good blitz package against Baker Mayfield? You've got to be kidding me. If you can't blitz Baker Mayfield, you shouldn't be a D coordinator. He's not an elusive guy. He's squeamish in the pocket. He's squeamish in the pocket. Come on, man. Got to get on him. Now, here, here's the problem that you have going into this game. And I'm sure Seth's going to hit on it. The Eagles are dead last in the NFL in the last four games since Matt Patricia's taken over as defensive coordinator. You're dead last. You're dead last. It has been a disaster. And get this. Isn't it crazy? You can go back to a quarterback if you make a quarterback change, but you can't go back to a coach once you make a coaching change. Even though you still have the guy in the building. Why wouldn't you go back? He's still in the building. It's not like you fired him. Why wouldn't you at least go back to that? Give it to Desai. I'd rather have Deshaun Desai be the coordinator right now than Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia should be fired. He's made a disaster of this thing. They've given up a ton of yards and just a ton of points. I mean, if if you take a look at what they do, and if you watch some of their games, you see the confusion, and you you see that there's communication issues that they have out there. Bills are dominating, man. Another turnover for Pittsburgh. Another turnover. Buffalo, yep. Buffalo's playing really good at home. Okay. A.J. Brown not being out there. How much of a factor is that tonight? How much of a factor is that tonight? We're going to find out. I thought it really showed us a little bit in that game against the Giants when he wasn't out there on the field that they struggled in putting um, players in position to succeed. 
I think it's a huge factor tonight. How Jalen's going to overcome that? Is it going to be more Goddard? Is it going to be more Swift? Is it going to be more passing game? Is it going to be more of an attempt to run the ball? You see, I think they know they can't run the ball. I think they know that they don't have a real power game. And that's why they don't make a commitment to running the ball. Their backs, and I pointed this out to you earlier, their backs are last in the NFL in yards after contact. That's not a power game. That's a football team. That is a finesse football team. They do not have, they do not have a power game. They're the most blitz team also in the NFL. They're 26th in, in being blitzed with EPA, which means efficiency. That means that Jalen Hurts right now is the most blitz quarterback making the toughest passes with that offense. That's why you have high turnovers. And the defense for the Buccaneers is as healthy as it can get. And I'm going to say it one more time to you. I personally think that the Buccaneers win this game 23-20. I'm not just going to erase the last two months of poor football by the Eagles and say they're going to automatically turn the switch on tonight and win the game. Now, how can the Eagles win this game? What would be the number one thing on offense and on defense that they could do tonight for them to win this game? It's going to have to be in the hands of Hurts tonight. And I think Hurts has to be – the when, get, get this. When you took Jalen Hurts out of the running game, you took your power game away. Miles Sanders wasn't the power game last year. It was Hurts. Do you think there's any coincidence that Jalen Hurts is the number one factor in the brotherly shove? And when you don't have him run the ball in your run game, that's a power game move. That's a power game play, the brotherly shove. Without that, think about this. You're a finesse football team if you take the shove away. Okay? Chip goes, it's okay, Sills. The Eagles are coming back tonight and starting tonight. Okay. What would make you think that? I hope you're wrong, Sills. 23-13, Bucks win. Matthew, I think the Bucks win tonight. I do. I think the Bucks win. If the Eagles lose, it's because Hurts doesn't get get it done. I don't. I. 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 I, I dep- let's see how that plays out tonight. Forty-eight thirty-two. Where where have you scored that many points this year? Where where have you blown a team out this year? You're not a team that blows teams out. You're not the Packers. You think you're going to go into Tampa and do what the Packers went into Dallas and did? That's not happening. You're not playing on a high note here. Hurts over Baker? We'll see.
The shove is 99% success. Shit, man, the way I look at it, Yale, in my opinion, they should just run the brotherly shove on first down. Why not? You should run the brotherly shove on first down. If it's effective on fourth down, why not run it on first down? I'm not saying you run it. I mean, why not run it on first down? You mean to tell me you don't think you can get four yards on first down with the brotherly shove? I think you can get four yards on that thing. Why not? Why not do it? So first and first and fourth down. So then you're playing because if you if you you know that I, I'll tell you one thing that teams have really done a great job of. They've kept the Eagles out of that brotherly shove by keeping them in third and long. You know how? You, hey, do you know how to stop the brotherly shove? Third and long. Keep them in third and long. That's how you keep them out of it, and that's how you stop it. Don't let them get in that. Don't let them get into that position where they can do that. Okay? So, they, they've got to get that run game going tonight for them to be effective tonight against the Bucs. The Bucs are as healthy as they have been in a long time. And I like Todd Bowles. I think Todd Bowles is one of the better coordinators in the league. What would Buddy Ryan say about this team? He would say they were soft, especially in their mentality. And if you're the Buccaneers on defense, I mean, if you're the uh, Eagles on defense, you've got to do everything in your power tonight to stop that run. You've got to, you've got to make Baker Mayfield beat you. You've got to put Baker Mayfield in a position to beat you tonight for this thing to work. You, you've you've got to do everything in your power um, tonight for it to happen. Because if, if you allow them to get any kind of run game going tonight and they're able to get anything, like you saw with the Giants and the Cardinals and even Seattle to some extent, if they get any kind of run game going, this thing will be over quick. And the Bucs will have the game in their hands. Because they'll keep Jalen off the field. They have got to be able to stop the run tonight. Put a five defensive line look in there. And every single time that the Eagles have gone to a forefront, teams have run the ball on them effectively. They have run on them effectively. Put Bradbury at safety. That's not going to cut it. You've got to do everything in your power tonight to do everything to stop that run. Sweat and Reddick need to get home. Steven, they sure do. Has to be a pass rush night where you hit Mayfield. Mayfield has to be knocked around tonight. Has to be pressured. Because to me, one of the things that got him knocked out of Cleveland, and I even think Carolina, was that he's got happy feet. And to me, if you pressure him, he gets squeamish. I don't think he has... A lot of toughness in the pocket. Now, I will give him credit for this. Someone has definitely talked to him, and it's probably Bruce Arians because he's been a lot tougher in that pocket this year than I've ever seen him. And I think he's done a nice job this year being in that pocket this year, and he has shown some toughness. Okay? He has shown some toughness in the pocket. 
But when he was in Cleveland, first thing that guy would do, he'd take off. And he would take off running. We should be begging them to run so they don't pass on us. I'm terrified of what Mike Evans can do if the Eagles D-line doesn't find themselves tonight. Andrew, here's the thing, though. If Mike Evans beats you, Andrew, tonight, I was telling Tone this earlier, and we'll see what Seth says about it as we get ready for the pregame show as well. But I'll, I'll, I'll put this out there to you. If Mike Evans beats you, Mike Evans is going to Canton. He's a Hall of Fame guy. Chris Godwin's a Pro Bowl player. Those guys are good. If you allow the Buccaneers with one of the worst running games to establish a running game against you, and they beat you with that, it's over. You've got to make the Bucs one-dimensional. Arizona and the Giants were able to run and throw on you. You make any horrible offense look like a top 10 offense when you give them a dual threat option. You can make anybody look great, no matter who the quarterback is. And that's kind of what happened here. The defense has not been able to stop the run because guys were not prepared. You know, that that comment, that comment that Javon Hardgrave made earlier kind of goes into the preparation of this season. And I'm going to say it one more time. I've heard other guys make this comment. Last year was an anomaly when you didn't really practice hard enough. And I disagree. I've actually heard a lot of people, even on our network, say, I don't have a problem with the Eagles not preparing and not playing in the preseason and not practicing hard and doing all that. Well, last year, as I told Tone and everyone else, you had a bunch of professional 10-year-plus veteran guys on your team. Dominic Katsu, 10-plus years. Linville Joseph, 10-plus years. Fletcher Cox, 10-plus years. Brandon Graham, 10-plus years. Veteran Josh Sweat. All these guys knew how to prepare themselves for an upcoming season. These two young defensive tackles are still figuring that out, and they're out of gas. Do you think there's any coincidence that the guy who is prepared for a game each and every single week that plays in your D-line is a 33-year-old Fletcher Cox? Why is that? Because he knows how to prepare himself each and every single week and every single season for an upcoming 17-game season and to go into the postseason with gas in the tank. These two other guys don't know how to do it yet. They never did it at Georgia. They didn't have to do it, and they weren't prepared in the preseason. They didn't practice hard. They loaf around in practice. They call camp. They never really go through any kind of hard practices. And when Hardgrave's making that comment, hey, when you work here in San Francisco, you work here. We work our asses off here in San Francisco. It's a kumbaya kind of mentality. Okay, that doesn't work with every unit. When you're a young team, you've got to work those kids harder. You want to hear something? Some of the Green Bay gets fined. Matt LaFleur gets fined. You know why? Because of too long of practices and the NFL Players Association comes in and finds them in Seattle and a bunch of other places that they practice too long. Same thing with San Francisco. San Francisco is always getting fined because they practice too long. 
and they practice too hard. That goes back to Mike Shanahan. That goes back to Mike Shanahan. Okay? Pittsburgh's getting killed right now. Not a shocker. Not a shocker. Bills are going to be a tough out this year. Tough out in the playoffs. Tough out. Bills got the ball. That's going to be a tough football team to knock out. This take is so true. The UGA guys are fading whole second half of the year. Andrew, and it, get this. Think about it, Andrew, about those about those Georgia guys. Those Georgia guys don't play 65 plays a game. They're used to killing teams. They knock teams out. They play about 35 plays a game. They don't play a ton of games or a ton of plays in games. They got rotating guys. They got to worry about recruiting. Think about like Yale and everyone else knows this too. You know how you keep guys on your roster if you're the Georgia Bulldogs? You got to play everybody. You got to play them or they're going to transfer. So you play all them dudes. That's how you keep guys on your roster. And so when now these guys, look, Nolan Smith's a non-factor. Kobe Dean's a non-factor. Jordan Davis is a non-factor. There can't be any coincidence to that. Okay? Slay's an upgrade? Yeah, okay. Okay. I'll tell you something about Josh Allen right now. We say this to you about Josh Allen. Josh Allen right now, that dude looks like Superman. The way he's playing. And it just shows you what good coaching can do for you when you get a decent coordinator around you. Eagles might want to take a look at that. Okay? You might you might want to take a look at that. Philly dogs are, no, no, no. They just need to, hey, MG, they just need to get themselves in better shape and get themselves in better position to play. Yeah, Josh Allen, I saw somebody say it in here. Josh Allen's got the cape on today. This might be Mike Tomlin. Hey, by the way, think tonight's Jason Kelsey's final game. Tonight's Kelsey's final game. Brandon Graham. If you're Fletcher, do you go out on top? Or do you want to be a um, a mercenary like Sue was a little bit at the end? I think Lane's coming back. Then again, Lane's kind of floated out there too a couple times retirement. Lane's been injured an awful lot the last two years. Does he call it? So you potentially could have tonight Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, and Jason Kelsey playing their last game as a Philadelphia Eagle. I doubt Lane calls it. 
But I think Kelsey and Graham are gone. And I think it's 50-50 on Fletcher. And boy, I would beg him to come back. I would really want that guy to come back and play some ball. Um, if we lose Lane and Kelsey, we are done. If we lose Lane and Kelsey, we are done. I, I think Lane, I think Lane will think about it. I think Kelsey's finished. You know what? I think it depends who the head coach is. Would he come back for Belichick? Fletcher can still play. Yeah, but so can Kelsey. Kelsey's the Pro Bowl center. Kelsey's the Pro Bowl center right now. Graham may be playing his last four games. What last four? Oh, well, tonight could be his last game. If I see an, another screen with Devontae as <laughs> that would be a that would be a crime tonight. Dulane and Kelsey retire earlier than they would have if Sirianni gets another year. That's a great question. That's a great question. If they bring Sirianni back, does Lane and Kelsey and Fletcher Cox retire if he comes back? But if they bring someone else in, would they stay? That's a great comment. I didn't think of it that way. You think those guys' retirements are indicative of if the coach stays or goes? Maybe those guys could make it even harder for the Eagles to bring back Sirianni if they if they bring back the coach. Kelsey goes, well, I'm not coming back then. Lane goes, I'm not coming back. Fletcher goes, I'm not coming back. Could that force the hand of management? Okay, wait a minute. Josh Allen just scrambled for 52 yards. He, look at this guy. Now see? You see that right there? That's Jalen Hurts. Why can't we do that? <clears throat> Why can't we have that again? That guy's got the cape on today. That guy cannot be stopped. Look what good play calling does. Look what, no, no. Carson Wentz is nothing like Josh Allen. Okay. Nothing like it. <clears throat> he, dude, that guy is such a great football player. Blocking 52-yard 50, TD run tone. Really? It just seems to me that the Bills have become a better football team since that Eagle game. And since that Eagle game, the Eagles have become a shittier team. That team was energized from that Eagle loss. 
And the Eagles were out of gas after that. 49ers put them to sleep, and they've never recovered from that Bills game where they had to play 95 plays. I will say this to you till I'm blue in the face. I think that Bills game took every last bit of championship football out of that team because the amount of foot. Remember, remember prior to that, you had beaten the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Dolphins, the Rams. You had beaten some really great teams on your resume. And then you had to play 95 plays in that game in an extra quarter to win it in overtime. That thing took the last bit of championship football out of you. You've never recovered from the Bill game. I think it's the Bills game, not the Niner game. That was the team that took the Eagles out. I think it's the Bills game. I do. I think it's that Bills game. Okay? Is Mike Tomlin a cheerleader? Mike Tomlin's a cheerleader. Super Bowl champion coach. Never had a losing season. And he's playing with Mason Rudolph. Right. Shows you what kind of asshole statements you can make about a great coach. He's got Mason Rudolph. Who should be in the UFL? Mason Rudolph is his quarterback. Really? And you're questioning that guy with Mason Rudolph. Exactly, Kevin. Who? He's got a quarterback, quarterbacking his team that doesn't deserve to be in the NFL. Mason Rudolph. And he's won four games in a row to get his team into the playoffs and another winning season. And people will question Mike Tomlin. Are you crazy? Mike Tomlin is one of the greatest coaches in NFL history and will be in Canton. Okay? Mason Rudolph is the quarterback of the Steelers. Over the past few years, Tomlin has had to coach Mitchell Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph. Absolutely, Tone. Kenny Pickett, Mitchell Trubisky, and Mason Rudolph. Those have been his quarterbacks that Pittsburgh has put out there for him to try to win with, and he has. Do you think Nick Sirianni could coach Mason Rudolph? Mitchell Trubisky? And Kenny Pickett? To 11 wins? And an overweight Big Ben towards the end. Big Ben. Big Ben, they kept his ass too long. And now he's throwing shade on everybody, including Tomlin, because he wants to enhance his, his legacy at the, expense of, at the expense of Mike Tomlin, even though he was out of gas at the end. And he's very lucky to have had 
Bill Cowher and him as his coaches and a Steeler organization that put up with his bullshit and his uncool behavior and his unprofessional behavior and his sexist behavior and all that bullshit that he did in the bathrooms to women. They were able to do all that in light of his poor behavior. So if I were him, I'd shut the fuck up. Talking about Mike Tomlin. That guy had no character. He was a baby and he cried. Tomlin and Cower knew it. You talk about a guy who has no respect for anything but himself. It's Ben Roethlisberger. I have no respect for that guy. If you can't treat people normal, when you walk into a place and treat women with respect, if you can't treat a woman with respect, you can't treat anybody with respect. You pick on the weak. I have no respect for people who pick on women. None. Zero. I have never in my life treated a woman bad. I'll tell you this, and I'll say it again. A woman, my wife could hit me in the head with a shovel, and I would never hit her back. She could hit, I've never raised my hand to a woman in my life. And I plan on never. You could hit me in the head with a shovel. And I would never do that because I'm not lowering myself or my standards or my character for any shit like that. That ain't on my resume. You will never have that on my resume. Two things, drinking and driving in public and hitting women. Not for me. Cause I'm not going to, unfortunately be in a situation where I may kill your kid cause I'm drunk and I'm not hitting my kid. And I'm not hitting my wife. I'll tell you what, you hit my kid or my wife, we will have problems. I think you're, you're, hey, any man makes a mistake in life. They do. That's not a mistake. That's a choice. When you hit a woman, that's a choice. And a lack of character. Not happening, kid. I don't do that shit. Okay. Hey, Anthony, I'm probably more sensitive to that now than I've ever been because I do have a daughter. Hey, Anthony, you know, I'm very proud of the person that I am today. But just so you know, my daughter doesn't really fear me anymore because a couple of years back when we were out at the beach, my daughter starts talking shit to me. I said, let me tell you something. You see, I'm going to bury you out here in the sand. No one's ever going to find you. And I'm going to bury you. And this old lady is looking at me. And my daughter goes, don't worry about it. This guy's not, he, he has no bite. He can't catch me. He can't run anymore. And believe me, he can't even jump over a stack of quarters. And the lady started laughing. I looked at her and she looked at me and I go, this is what happens when things go sideways. You know, Danielle, I should have kicked your ass when you were younger. She's like, you couldn't catch me. I mean, that's where I am in my life now. My daughter doesn't, she doesn't, she doesn't think, I mean, dad, you can't catch me. Every time my daughter comes home now from college, she tries, hey, Tone, every time my daughter comes home, she races me in a 10-yard sprint because I still think I can beat her, and I can't. I can't breed, I can't even beat her out of a stance anymore. I used to be able to run fast. Now I can't, now she challenges me. She's pretty soon she's going to challenge me to a wrestling match. It's no good. What am I supposed to do now? Right? 
It's no good. Sills is the next Tiger King. I don't even know what that is, but okay. Women control the world, Dan. In my house, they do. Shit, man, are you kidding me? What's for dinner? My wife says this, whatever I'm making. Yes, ma'am. Uh, my, my poor aunt goes, what are you having for dinner? Should I ask? <laughs> I go, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Um, are you supposed to fill the gap sills, not run? I don't know, man. I don't know. Dude, Buffalo looks awful good. 21 to nothing. Ouch. That's your ass whooping. Going on. Okay. We're going to take a timeout. And then I'm going to give you my final takeaway as we get ready for the pregame show tonight and also the halftime show and then the postgame show here on Jacob. I'm going to give you my takes. We'll take all your takes. Will the Eagles man up tonight? Man, there's a part of me that really hopes they do. Will Jalen Hurts show up? Here, get this. Look at this. Jordan Love, star. Dak, questions. Jared Goff, delivered. Delivered. Matthew Stafford, really good game. Came up short. C.J. Stroud, continuing to impress. Just continuing to impress. Just impressive. Joe Flacco, kind of turned back into Joe Fluco. Right? Kind of back into Joe Fluco. Mahomes, all reliable. All reliable. You just can't get away from that guy. Put him in the playoffs. Isn't he, of all the quarterbacks that are in the playoffs, isn't he the one guy you go like this? Shit. That dude's scary in the playoffs because he can beat anybody. He can beat anybody. Tua, limited. And I like him, but limited. You know what I mean? Limited. If I were to rank, look look at Josh Allen. Okay? I'll say this to you. Josh Allen. Jordan Love, probably Jordan Love one, Allen two, CJ three. Well, then again, CJ was playing against that number one ranked Browns. So maybe it's this. It's Love one, CJ two, Allen three, 
Mahomes, believe it or not, four. Golf, five. And where will Jalen be tonight? Where will Jalen be? So far, Allen has three TDs and over 200 yards of total offense in the first half. Joe Brady. This is insane. Insane. All right, I'm going to take a timeout. We'll do our final thoughts as we get ready for tonight's very telling game with the Eagles. Will the season be over tonight in some careers? Hit the like button. Keep it here, National Football Show. The perfect pair. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamutton Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Josh Allen 
has the cape on right now. What a player. Um, I'll say this to you. If the Eagles, man, next year, they decide to do the right thing, and you see what coaching did for Josh Allen, get this. You made a coordinating move with the wrong side of the ball. They were so worried about it. Think about it, Tone. You fired the wrong coordinator. You fired the wrong guy. Jalen Hurts should be playing football like Josh Allen right now. Not turnovers. You fired the wrong guy. Or you had the wrong guys in the building from the beginning. Probably both. You don't have, you know, this goes back to my initial comment when Shane Steichen left. Why would you hire a coordinator with no experience for a $50 million quarterback? Why? Because he's his buddy? I've never seen that dynamic work before. Players don't give a shit about if they're buddies. They care that they help you win and you get your incentives. You see, in the NFL, it's got nothing to do with buddies. It's about direct deposits on Tuesdays. Which means normally winning. These guys are pros. Well, I want a guy that I'm really comfortable. Nobody cares about that. Most qualified guy. I, you know, and people are always going like this. What about Seth Joyner for a D coordinator in Philly? They're, they would never have a voice like that in that building. Seth's not going to sit there and listen to something that's not true or go along with it. This guy was coached by Buddy Ryan. Do you understand that? When you're coached by a man like that, and you're coached like, like me, a coach like Jimmy Johnson, they don't you 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 can't be coached any other way, or talk to any other way, or talk to people any other way except for truths. That's not going to cut it. That thing you're doing right now, it's not working. That that's just not working. That's not going to cut it. Here's what I see tonight again. The Bucks defense has to make sure, or the, the um, Eagle defense has to make sure that they do not allow the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to get any kind of run game going. Any kind of run game, any kind of short game. And most notably, they cannot lose first down. If you're seeing chunk plays like this, First and four, first and five, first and six, first and four. That's going to mean that the Bucs are going to be in third and short. And 
the Eagle defense is horrific on third down. One of the most passed on teams on third down. You'll get killed. You have to win first down in this game tonight. Make, I think, make Baker Mayfield beat me. Does that mean Mike Evans? Okay. I'll die on that vine. I will die on that vine. What I can't have is the running back white beating me. Okay? I can't have him beating me. Because that means I let them and the Bucks establish the worst part of their football team, which is their run offense. If that happens, this thing's over quick. And they'll be able to control the clock, keep the Eagle offense on the sidelines, and you'll see all kinds of bullshit going on on the Eagle sideline. Let me tell you something. The Eagles are teetering right now. If that thing goes south, you think you saw C.D. Lamb and Dak Prescott going at each other? Let me put it to you this way. If they start going sideways, pressure's on Philly to win. Bucks are playing with house money. Nobody expected the Buccaneers to win the NFC South. They were supposed to be one of the worst rosters in the league. And they won the South. So I'm just telling you. They're playing with house money. I got the Bucks winning. 23-20. I can't excuse two months of bad football losing five of six, and sit there and say, some magical switch is going to be turned on tonight. We'll see. And by the way, I'll do it one more time. Okay? Prove it to me. Prove it to me. All right. Appreciate it, guys, very much. Don't forget, stay tuned for our pregame show. And our halftime show and then our post-game show. Xander, Big Joe, we thank you. Tone, we'll see what happens tonight, my friend. Hey, Tone, by the way, um, the uh, chat's out. So um, so if you can, if you want to put it over in the comment there. Eagles win 24-23. I got it. Tone, great stuff as always. By the way, Angelo Cataldi, I'm sure we'll catch up with Gary Cobb tomorrow. Have a great one. We'll see what happens. Two to six. We'll see you on the flip side. and Hooters, the perfect pair. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then 
Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.